Tevin Jenkins in the, in the 2021 draft. I'm not sure about you guys, but I wasn't even thinking Justin Fields at that time. That was the guy that I wanted in the first round. And then the Bears somehow got Justin Fields, right? And then they traded up and still got Tevin Jenkins. And this kid has been through the ringer. He's now at his third position. And tonight, I would like to talk about, and I'm sure you guys do too, and our new guests, about how awesome this kid is. And I think that the reason why he's at left guard is because of the confidence in him. So we have some new guests tonight. Squeegee from chat, Walter Besky from chat, and we also have Aldo Gandia taking up the last half an hour guest slot. And then everyone will return after that for the shoot the shit time. And speaking of that, Kitty, let's kick this shit off. Bears country. Where is it? Down with BCP. Down with BCP. You 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 down with BCP. Oh, Kitty, you messed up. You forgot the background music. Ha! She's trying to get fired already. <laughs> We're going to fire you before we fire her. Right. My excellent co-hosts, PJ and Foster, how are you tonight? Good evening, everybody. I hope everyone's well, all is well. Man, Godspeed with you. Nice. How are you? How you doing, everyone? We're good. We got it. It's going to be a good show tonight, man. I'm really excited. Let's go. Yeah, we have some new guests coming on uh, in the f in, in the first half an hour of the show, and uh, it's going to be fun tonight. So, Tevin Jenkins, let's just get to the center of attention. Before we get started, let me say one thing, Rich. We can't have Foster get too excited. You know, we, we don't have no Viagra, so we just, just calm down. Just calm oh, down. you know, I, for I forgot when I was, when I was doing your intros uh, to do your intro – Foster. I'm actually thinking about doing fish and spaghetti. I'm actually thinking about doing fish and <laughs> And then, of course, uh, yours, Foster. If the scrody fits. If the scrody fits. <laughs> He'd be the scrody. Oh, man. <sighs> anyway, you guys want to get to uh, the center of attention tonight? Yes. All right. My friends. Run that up, Kitty. Not that it wasn't already obvious that Tevin Jenkins is the center of attention tonight, but I just wanted to run that because it was fun to make. So, yes. guys, um, kind of what I said per the opener, like, how do you feel about Tevin Jenkins? I, at first, I, I mean, PJ, we we know how you felt about him going to right tackle. You know, I kind of yes, I was I was in your court on that. And then yes. I kind of thought they were going to keep him at right guard. 
And it turns out he's actually going to, to left guard. And it, it must be the confidence that this team has in him. That's the only thing I can come up with. Yeah, I, I, I think that what teams, especially the Bears, tend to run into problem with is when you have a good offensive lineman who's good at multiple places, you tend to move him around young in his career. Therefore, he can never really get settled. I think that happened with Kyle Long. I think it happened with Cody Whitehair. Now we're seeing it happen with Tevin Jenkins. Yes, I think at one point in time, those guys were probably the best linemen on our team. And they said, well, we get everybody else where they're best at. And then we're going to have our best player moving to the empty slot. I think that's what they're doing with Tevin this year. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fair to uh, pretty fair assessment there, Peach. I, 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 something happened today that hasn't happened in a while. I had about an hour and a half before the show to actually, you know, delve a little more into this. So I started watching some film and stuff, and I'm, I, you know, I mess around with you, PJ, about him going to right tackle. That dude could play anywhere on the line. He could. I, I really believe that after looking at it. If you handed him a ball and you taught him center, he could play that. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. like you're talking about, hopefully this dude, we got him entrenched at left guard for years to come. That's that's that's, that's my what? biggest that's my biggest hope right there is that we can just keep him there now. Yes. Just leave him there. He'll be successful if we if yeah. we can. I believe it. If we stay in one position, keep him and on that side for a decade, dude. Yes. Yes. Yes, I agree. I agree 100%. Also, I, I want to shout out the chat real, uh, the chat real quick. Cliff, Doug, uh, who else we got up in the chat? Uh, guys in the chat, I'm going to say Valerian Dread. What's up, Valerian Dread? Mark Kazak. Mr. Mayhem, Doug. Kitty's in there. Philip Larkin. What's up, guys? Thanks for joining us tonight. Cliff, of course. Mark, yes. All you guys, we want to say hi to you guys. Absolutely. Walter. Thank you, Thank well, you for joining the show, guys. I used to say hi to Walter. Walter's in the background. <laughs> Everybody, man, you guys showing up and, and hanging out with us. It's thank, thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah. STC. What's we up? Hope you do what you need to, to hear for tonight, man. Get through the evening. Thanks Absolutely. for joining us, Doug Van Dorn. DVD. Yes. See, if it wasn't for the angel and the devil on my shoulder, I wouldn't. This, this show wouldn't be so evenly, evenly balanced. <laughs> Who's who? Well, PJ is obviously the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Always trying to find those sexual innuendo puns. <laughs> You're right, Dan. I didn't think about it. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I pick up my grandsons and they're uh, fo fellow football players. So I'm I'm around this uh, teenage football uh, talk all for like two hours. So it kind of rubs off. I'm not going to lie. It rubs <laughs> off. I hear you, man. I hear you. <laughs> I was watching Beavis every, and Butthead all day long. Guys. Yeah. If I, if I was watching Beavis and Butthead all day long, I'd be doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! So I, you know, I'm I'm with I'm with you there. Like I, them moving Jenkins all around is obviously it's worrisome, right? Yes. But he kind of talked about um, playing next to 
me pull this up here. I have uh, some things I wanted to share with you. Let's see. Uh, here's him. Here's what he had to say about playing with Braxton Jones. It doesn't. It doesn't slow down for anybody, but you know, it looked like it had happened in the blink of an eye. Oops. Tevin Jenkins, the third-year offensive lineman for the Chicago Bears. I mean, it goes fast, my friend. Yeah, it does. I mean, just yesterday, I felt like I just got drafted, especially with the draft. It's came back in like a couple weeks ago. Well, that's you know, the wrong one. Like, a sorry. lot of feelings happen. When... I screwed that up. Hold on, let me let me change that one. Let's see, he uh, he was talking about playing with. Braxton Jones. I need to. Yeah. They need me too. Why are you going to be better this year? What the hell is going on over here? All right. Let me just go over here. Uh, I see him as a great football player, first and foremost. You know, I see him one dude who comes in and wants to work at the minute details that will make him not only a great player, but, like, an amazing player. Like, I can see the potential in him myself and seeing uh, what he can be and how much I can help him uh, along with how much he can help me. You know, it's a, it's a back-and-forth thing between guards and tackles. So as soon as I could be able to earn that trust in him, that – I could do it, and he can trust me to be there on any slide sides, any double teams. Uh, I feel like we're me and him are going to have a great year. How do you guys feel about that? I honestly think they play differently. What I mean by that is I think Tevin is more of a mauler. Uh, Braxton is more of a technician. So maybe they're the yin and the yang that can balance each other out. Because uh, am I stealing your ideas there or a false? <laughs> I mean, because I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't. I, I hope it works out. But my biggest concern for Braxton, although we're talking about Tevin, my Braxton, whether or not he's strong enough. See, I know Tevin is strong enough, and I think Tevin will help Braxton out a lot as far as you know when. If he's like, if his man's beating him, he can come over and knock some sense out of the guy. I mean, he'll, he'll be that type of dude, but I'm just real curious how they actually flow together. Yeah, man, I, I, dude, I think you hit it on the head. I, I'm even thinking this as, as I'm going through it in my mind. I'd like to see that some of them rub off on each other, man. Yeah. But let Tevin toughen Braxton up a little bit, mess with them, you know, or whatever, whatever it takes. And yeah. then. Uh, maybe Brax can can give him a little inside information. He can help him with this technical shit and you know the things that he needs the assistance with. So it's kind of like a brotherhood, man. They should probably have those guys bunking together, so they're together all the time. So when they're not, dude, come on, it's like the Brian Piccolo Gale Sayers story. I'm not not that bad. I'm just saying that way that way they're they're communicating. They the old line used to do it back in '85. Some of those guys bunked together because they were tight. You mean share the same room, right? Well, it's yeah. I put lotion on each other's backs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! 
<laughs> What's up, Jeremy Munoz? Uh, Thanks for joining us. Leo Fector. Uh, I saw all that. <laughs> oh, what man. Do, what do you think, uh, Shorty? I mean, what do you think about the, the two of them manning the uh, left side? Well, I, like I said in the beginning, I, it, the only thing I could come up with is that they have this confidence in him that he can play any position on the line, like, especially on the interior line. And with him next to, I mean, if seriously, if anyone would go down on the line other than center, he could play it, you know? So I think that that's, I think the confidence in the coaching staff is coming out in them moving him to left guard. I have him actually talking about that. Let's see if I can not fuck that up per uh, Mo Beerman. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Uh, moving to left guard. You tell him, Jeremy. Let's see. You You're a story and we're with Tevin Jenkins, Bears uh, third year offensive lineman making the switch as of right now from right to left side of the offensive line. Uh, it's not so simple for the layman to say, ah, it's just, you know, you're playing off. Mm. Right there. What do you think about that, that, that comment? That's my first fear too, right? Mm. Mm? I think as far as fear, my biggest concern with Tevin is injury that's my biggest concern so um i'm hoping because I, I think i heard or read somewhere where they said that left guard is less impactful than right guard so therefore he probably wouldn't have to take or absorb as many hits uh so if that's the case that's that's a positive for him um it's always my concern that our guards being too big. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't believe in like six, six guards and six, seven guards. I believe in guards being six, three, six, four, six, five, something like that. Six, five at the top. So because, of, because of the being, because I know our defensive tackles are, are, are taught, taught to get underneath the pads of their, uh, of the blocker and be able to push them back. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you sit in too heavy or too tall, they can get underneath you and then uh, be able to walk you back to the quarterback. So yeah. that's my concern. Okay. Well, let's see what else he has to say here. Explain the differences. Uh, differences, you know, once your body gets conformed and comfortable to a certain side, like with your footwork, when you start putting it towards the other side, it's a, like a whole new thing because now you got to shift your weight. Your muscles are used to going a certain way and pushing off a certain foot. So now you're basically doing that. Uh, all over again to the other side. Now you're getting a little sore on your knees because, wow, like I haven't pushed off this knee in since a couple years ago. And now you're going to start working it. And now you also have a new guy next to you because he was not going to be on the same side because you got moved. So now instead of working right tackle with my right tackle, now I got to work with my left tackle. So it's a whole different game going on there. And there's a whole bunch of communication-wise that we got to get used to with each other as well. That's kind of goes along to the, like the injury thing, right? Because now if he's going to a different positioning and he's thinking too much. Well, well, I'm sorry, Foster, but I think what that speaks to, to me is the fact that when we have like our, your right-handed players and your left-handed players trying to get your feet right, seem like that's a concern that he's having in his mind because he's like, he played 
right tackle most of his career in college. He played a little bit of left tackle for us, then he played right guard. So now to be switched to left tackle, he has to like switch his feet up from what he's used to doing. And that's something he's gonna have to work on the training camp and uh, OTAs and get that rhythm down. And that may take him a minute to do, to do that. It's, it's, it, yeah, absolutely, man. It's gonna, he's gotta do that, that muscle memory. He's gotta do the repetition. Right. right. And, and he mentioned the, the one thing that we're all concerned about, you stated it, was it's it was harder on his knees because he ain't done it in like three years on the left side. Yeah, but that's you know, like we again. That's I think that's everybody's biggest concern is can he stay healthy for the season? So yeah. time will tell on that. But I, I don't think he'll have a problem making the adjustment. I really don't. Um, it might it may take a little longer than it should have because he's got to reverse yeah. the muscle yeah. memory process. And once yeah. he gets that, what they're going to do is just make him rep and rep and rep and rep. If they do right. that, he'll get it down quick. But how much right. can you do that without damaging the knees? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's one good thing I've heard out of OTAs is when they said they had the uh, ones out there, they kept Tevin at left tackle that whole, I mean, left guard the whole time, whereas they had um, Lucas Patrick subbing in for the other guy, uh, Carter, and subbing in for White here at times. But as far as uh, the rookie, right? Uh, Jenkins and Braxton Jones, they stayed there the whole time. So that's giving him that reps and giving rights some reps too. So that's a good thing that he's getting those reps. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, I think he'll do well at left guard. I do. Per all the things that you just said, you know, the position is, um, like you said, it's it's a little bit easier on his maybe on his physique, maybe on his neck, on his back. Yeah. So um, I think I think he's going to do well. I, you know, it's it's amazing just all the shit that this kid has gotten from day one. And then he, he forgot to mention that he was moved to right tackle too. So he, he started off at left tackle, then right tackle, then right guard. And then he was actually – he got comfortable there. And he was – by the way, I have a, another – let's see, I have a video that I want to play. That it actually has some stats on it here. This is where he's he's talking about a prove it year. Let's see. And... Uh, ultimately, I like to think it as my prove it year, and uh, I would assume everybody around me was uh, think the same. And for me, for this year, I'm expecting big things out of myself, and uh, so is the people in the front office and everybody around me. Oh, I have the stats on there, but you can't see it. I'm trying something new here that seemed easier to use, but the uh, the stats he had. Let's see. Last year he had two holding penalties, zero false starts. He had two penalties all year long. In 13 games, 11 started. In his entire career, he has four. He's allowed four sacks in two seasons. How many did he allow last year? Two. Two sacks last year? How many pressures? That I hadn't gotten to yet. So okay. I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's obvious. He's a really good football player. I mean, he's a, he's a really good football Like you said, I mean, we was talking about uh, having him as our first-round pick. And, you know, we was able to get him in the second. So he's a really good football player. The biggest concerns with him is always his health. And uh, if he, if we can get him locked in and get it, get him healthy, 
uh, like some of the guys in the chat said, he is a pro bowler. He is a possible all pro. That's how big of an upside he has. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find his um, the pressures that he's given up. Pro football focus or pro football reference makes you pay to unlock that. Fucking ridiculous. Isn't that Chris Collinsworth? Pro football reference or something? I don't know. I, 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 don't, buy I don't buy that. I, I don't buy that stuff. <laughs> I figure, you know, why buy it when we got podcasts like ours? No, I thought Chris Collinsworth bought pro football focus. Oh, I don't know, man. I ain't going to lie to you. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I couldn't find his pressures, but you know. But he, I mean, look, the eye test that I seen from him, it, he always looked pretty decent. And uh, for me, in pass protection, I mean, there was there was a couple of stunts that seemed like he got kind of confused on, which a lot of people does. Walter Bresky says two sacks, twelve pressures. That's pretty good. Eleven games yeah. started. That's pretty good. Two sacks, twelve pressures, and he said he wants to improve on that. I can't, I can't do nothing but applaud that. I mean, that's the type of attitude I want to hear. Like, hey, you know, my goal is to have zero sacks. I mean, he said that in the interview. That's his goal, and and I agree. I mean, he, he's he's really he's really a good player in my mind. What happened to Foster? Did the did the bug bomber shut off his internet? No, no, no. He had to go. He had to go check on the uh, <laughs> the you know the, the the Red Sea, make sure you know got that put together. <laughs> they just finished tenting, tenting his house and they had to turn off his internet oh wow <laughs> if only he was here for that he would have loved that burn <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah I really do like I, I like I like Tevin I really do like him I just like we said I just want him to be able to stay in one spot as long as he can remain healthy that is going to be the key and yeah, I think that last injury that kind of scared me. The yeah. uh, one where he hurt his neck, I think he was coming on a pool or something. He pulled yeah. around and guy hit his head or something. He was laying there for a while. Yeah, that one scared me because yeah, you don't play with necks, backs, and uh, knees, man. Those are those are things that are in your career. And it was one of those injuries that didn't really look like it was too could have been that bad, but. The fact right. that he just like went down and he laid there for a while, yeah. And it's like, okay, that's yeah, that's that's not a good thing there. So, yeah, I mean, that's why I think I know the Bears. We tend to have our guys, uh, um, our tackles pull, but most teams don't have their tackles pull. And I think I don't know how how quick a foot he is. I mean, I know he can pull some, but I don't know how quick a foot it is. But I do remember them saying that they put more emphasis on guard play than they do tackle play. So maybe that's why, you know, here's another reason why he's at guard, because they have more of an emphasis on the guard play or have more responsibility on them. That's a good point. What's up, Robbie? Him. What's up, Robbie? Thanks for joining us, man. You know, I... Putting him next to Braxton Jones could be um, pretty nasty. Yeah, I'm, I'm still skeptical. Not that I'm advocating this, but I'm just going to pontificate for a minute. Please pontificate away. Can you imagine 
Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright on the same side? Yeah, that's ooh. I think I could gain a thousand yards behind that. <laughs> I mean, man. Ooh, that's awesome. That would be awesome. Those two big guys. Ooh, man. I think they can demolish something over there. I know. I was that's I was I was hopeful for that. Ooh, I was really hoping they were going to keep him at the right guard. Ooh, that would have been nasty, man. I'm telling you. Eduardo Miguel, thank you for joining us. I'm glad you pronounced that because I was sitting there trying to figure out my like, man. Now, I, do I need to get hooked on phonics? <laughs> I, um, I have some amazing neighbors. Um, Hispanics that moved in, and it's a big family, and they're they're amazing. They came over and helped us with our backyard, putting in a French drain. We did it in three hours. It was like sixty-five feet long, by like eighteen inches deep and eighteen inches wide. Rocks, all that shit. Wow! And, and not only that, but we had to move the rocks from one section of the yard to the other. Like we had to like dig up the rocks to reuse them. And it was just like a, it was it was like a uh, an assembly line doing this. It was amazing. They just kind of pushed me away, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna watch. It was amazing. It's good. It's a good. It's great to have good neighbors. I was hoping. I was hoping you paid them. Oh yeah. I paid them, and they gave me money back. What? Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. They're like, no, no, no. You're our neighbor. We wanted to help you. They need to hire me as their agent. I I have them charge you double. The whole, the, whole, the whole thing was done through a translation app, too. <laughs> it was just Siri talking back and forth to us. <laughs> man, technology, man, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I mean, a tra- I mean, because we used to use that at work sometimes, and I was like, this is just amazing. So, yeah, it's great to have good neighbors, man. <clears throat> I wonder what the hell happened to Foster. Kitty's asking too. No idea. Where is should I should I text him? What's going on? I have no idea what happened to Foster. Like I said, he's probably checking on Moses, making sure the uh, Red Sea came back together or something. Oh, he says his internet's out. Oh man. Oh no shit. Well, that that sucks. That means you and I got to handle it. If I told him how, if I said hotspot to him, he wouldn't even know how to use it. <laughs> like, what? How do I do that? It'd be a he, half an hour conversation. He may take that in the wrong way if you say hotspot. He may not understand and yeah. think like he's got to put powder on something. I wouldn't recommend that. What'd you say, kid? <laughs> You'll take it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, like he's got to put powder on an area. Or Ben Gay. Or something's hot. <laughs> powder. Like baby powder? Maybe. <laughs> Cornstarch. Well, we do have your first guest waiting in the wings. We can... We can definitely bring in our first guest. Squeegee from chat. You want to bring him in? Let's bring him in. Fuck Foster. Squeegee. How's going, hey, how's it going? Man. What's looking, up, Squeegee? Looking like Foster's oh. neighbor. Not much to it. Foster has to roll that in and find the wet spot, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
Squeegee, it's great to have. First off, is thank you very much for emailing us to come on the show. It's great to have you on. Kitty, you should pull up that banner for, to, for the email to join us anytime. Squeegee, you are another example. Thank you for joining us tonight, man. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. I guess Foster's internet is out right now. So um, let's just start off like, where are you from, man? Uh, I'm from a little town in, in uh, western Illinois called Milan. It's right on the Mississippi River, directly west of Chicago. Wow. Yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere. Huh? Out in the middle of nowhere, huh? Uh, not really, no. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an area called the Quad Cities, so it, oh, uh, yeah. Quad Cities so area, there's, yeah. yeah, there's Davenport, Rock Island, Moline, East Moline, and then since then there's been a lot of cities that build up around it. So there's probably maybe 650,000 people around there, something like that. Oh, okay. How close yeah. is the bedrock? Yeah, it, there's a, you know, a couple of different WalMarts around, stuff like that. Uh, my sister owns a place over in Davenport but called Sydney. It's about a 150-year-old historic building, and she runs a bar and restaurant out of it. So that's pretty cool. And then uh, that's pretty cool. Squeegee, Squeegee uh, Foster is asking, how far is it from Bedrock? From Bedrock? Yeah. Bedrock, Bedrock Illinois. No, no, no. Bedrock with the Flintstones, with that, with that. Oh, Bedrock on the Flintstones. Um, <laughs> I'd say about twenty-five puddles with the feet. <laughs> twenty-five puddles. We got to lather them up first. PJ, you just come right in. You're opening statement. You're already going. <laughs> I'm just. He said it was quiet cities, you know, it's like Bettendorf, Moline, you know, Davenport. So I'm like, you know, how close is the bedrock? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that is an awesome Elvis hairdo that you have going there. Oh, thank you. Cool. I went and got my ears lowered earlier today. I uh, got to <laughs> give a shout out to my boy Anthony from uh, A to Z Fades. Did a nice job there. Thanks. Excellent, excellent surgeon. What's up there, Anthony? From you said A to Z fades. Yeah. Good job, Good Anthony. job Anthony. Got my man Squeegee looking like Fred Flintstone's brother. <laughs> yeah, you got to tell him to like, subscribe, and set his notifications because this won't be your first time on here. I I I feel. Right. <laughs> or this won't well, be your time on here. I I, I feel. <laughs> PJ's gonna start being nicer to me, or I'm not coming back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, what got you to be a Bears fan, man? I'm sorry. What got you to be? What got you to be a Bears fan? Um, I hated the Packers when I was like five years old. My brother gave me a freaking Bart Starr baseball card or a football card, and I thought he looked kind of gay. So I burnt that with my with a magnifying glass while I was burning ants outside. And then, you know, my dad was born and raised in Chicago. We have a family library there that's a genealogy library called the Newberry Library. And I think I became a hardcore Bears fan about, like, about 77, 78. I read uh, Brian's song. I read that book in school. And I was, I've been a diehard fan ever since then. 
Did you ever watch the movie? Yes, I've seen that too. What did you think of the movie compared to the book? Um, it's easier to follow the movie. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think I think with any book, though, um, anytime that you read something, you have to use your own imagination. So you get a different picture than when somebody produces it for you, you know. And so for me, it was important. I was uh, there was a lot of segregation when I was a kid, you know, uh, just because of the way that the Quad Cities was in Rock Island. There was like the white part of town and the black part of town. And you went to school based on which part of town you went in. You know what I mean? There wasn't wow. a whole lot of diversity. And then my parents, you know, they raised me pretty religious. I went to school, went Sunday school and all of that stuff. And it wasn't until sixth grade that we moved. And when we moved, I ended up going to a school that was much more diverse. And wow, what a culture shock, you know, because uh, I didn't realize so many people hated me, even though I was, you know, even though I thought I was like a Christian and a good type of a person and stuff, I didn't understand a lot of the, the racial stuff that was going on until I until I moved into there, that was a big eye-opener in sixth grade. And that's when I remember reading that book and how uh, how Virginia, uh, Virginia McCaskey, you know, was, was all over her dad because her dad wanted to segregate the players and not have them um, stay together in the same motel and stuff. So I don't know if uh, a lot of people might not know that, but the Bears were the first professional football team that, that had uh, players integrate and stay in the same – dorm rooms that's what wow. started it all off that was because of virginia mccaskey she didn't like the way that that papa hollis treated the players that made them segregate hmm. when, so, when, what year was that do you know that would have been in the 60s about 60 right around the time that they won the championship like 63 okay that was when gail sayers was with brian piccolo and all of that that was going on they were they were the first two uh, a black guy and a white guy that they dormed together. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's so that was part of the Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Wow. That's great. So that then you're that then you're a Bears fan. Oh yeah. Yep. Die hard, man. I've been watching. I haven't missed the game since probably 1983. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. Okay. If, if if my family had a party on. A Bears game, I'd have. To, I was like, I can't make it. Is there gonna be a TV there? I can't make it. <laughs> oh, dude! If I was gonna have a big party, we'd just go over to my sister's bar over there, over at Frackies. Uh, my nephew's the bartender over there. They got a whole bunch of big screen TVs, and then everybody watches the game. Every time the Bears score, they play Bear Down Chicago Bears, and it's mm. it's a it's a riot. Everybody brings a dish. It's a great big old big old party over there. So who's, um, your favorite, who's your favorite Bears of all time? Of all time? Yeah. Hmm. I gotta say Walter Payton. Ah, nice. Yeah, when I was in when I was in uh, about sixth grade is when he came around and my best friend gave me a uh, Walter Payton Junior football uniform. And that was like a trophy of mine for a long time. I mean, I just worshipped the I worshipped the ground that he walked on, and I liked what he represented too. The way that you know, 
that guy could do anything. I mean, you could have you could have put him on defense and he would have been able to play ball. You know. Yeah. He could, he could throw. He could kick. He could punt. He could run. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, he was just a complete football. He was a football player, you know? Yeah, I agree. Do you you know the entire Bears fight song? No, I don't. I I don't, honestly. I use... Yeah, that's that's enough of him. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, PJ? Do you know it? Oh, I got I got my finger on the button, buddy. <laughs> Do you know it? Ah, uh, he just dipped out. Uh, uh-uh, uh, honey. If you're gonna put people on the spot, you gotta sing it. I do know it. I'm not gonna sing it though. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Unacceptable. Unacceptable. <laughs> All I have to do is lie. I'm not gonna make you sing it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we should all try to sing it. That'd be fun. Jerome says the show has been canceled. Maybe you can roll the roll the uh best bear of all time, Jay Cutler. Oh god, get out of here. Um, <laughs> you hear that? Hear we that. should roll it like with the credits. Roll the the like a karaoke thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yo, that that's a good idea. I'll try to sing it. Yeah, at the end of the right song. I'm not going to the show. Come on, that'd be great. No. Bear down, Chicago Bears. You know, I don't know if Squeegee knows that you actually do have karaoke in. Oh no, no, no! Available. We're not playing any of that. Are, are you sure? No, that's no. It's too long. It's are too you... long. Yeah, it's terrible. Hello, hello, hello. The other night. Came in for a production meeting and he's just sitting there like Stuck on the Bears. I got a feeling down deep in my soul they're gonna win the Super Bowl. And it starts today. I know I always feel this way. <laughs> Who was drinking what? what over there? That's all I wanna know. I forgot that. She has control of all that stuff now. (laughs) Random trivia time. You guys ready? I'm ready. Brandon Marshall had a large impact in Chicago over the course of three years with the team. But how many times did he lead the Bears in receiving yards? A, three, B, two, C, one, D, zero. I'll let you go first, Squeegee. Uh, I'm going to guess and say B. B? Yeah. A, two? Because we had Forte as well as Jeffries. I'm going to say, or Jeffrey, I say once, maybe. Chat. Oh, I'd like to guess you. I'd like to get your answers too. Okay, we've got uh, Doug Van Dorn is saying D zero. Cliff saying B two. Mo Beerman is saying D zero. Mark Kazak is saying C one. How many times did he lead the Bears? C one is my answer. I'm going to say 
C, one. What's the answer? C, one. Ha! Want to know again, baby? Quit copying me, man. No, you copied off of me. I started that one. I said one. I didn't hear you say it. I wasn't here. My internet was out the whole time. I saw nothing until I got back in. Nobody told you to go fishing with Moses. <laughs> we doing a show here, buddy. You can't take your time to go fishing with Moses. <laughs> Everything went out. Everything. And even my 5G on my cell phone wouldn't work. Because I was like, I'll just get on my cell phone, right? Yeah. Didn't like me for 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden, boom. Everything back oh. so. You know what should have went out for you? It's Comcast. You know what should have went out for you, though? I'm just saying that paneling behind you, bro, that went out with the 70s. So you should have took that out, too, bro. That's all I'm telling to tell you, man. I'm, I'm going to take a piece off and leave some of you behind it. <laughs> After you were gone for a few minutes, I was like, what happened to Foster? Did, 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 did the bug bombers turn off his internet? <laughs> <laughs> so stick up for me, Squeege. I didn't even get to ask any questions. Damn it! So Squeegee, what uh jerseys do you have? I have a Erlacher. I have a Peyton. I have a an orange and white Devin Hester. Um, I had uh God, who was number four way back in the day? Not Fuller, but the other guy that we had. Uh-huh. Wow. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm not Harbaugh. Um, Steve before, Fuller? After all, not after Fuller. Um, oh, God, what was that guy's name? Anyway, I think I still got that one in the in the closet. Wait a second. But, who the hell are you talking about? Who 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 wore four of significance that you have a jersey before Harbaugh? No, it wasn't before Harbaugh. That's what I'm trying to say. Fuller oh, came first. Harbaugh came second. And then... It was right around the time, like right after Eric Kramer, we had a guy that had number four. Man, I can't remember who the hell that was, but my sister-in-law bought me a, a shirt of his that I still have. That wasn't Walsh. I didn't even yeah, look at it. Willis. Steve Walsh. Was that Walsh. Steve Walsh? That's yeah. it. That was it from New Orleans. Yeah. I just said wow. it five different times, and you can't hear me over here, Squeegee. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, man. I said I said Walsh fight five times, bro. <laughs> oh, I didn't even hear you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you all right, man. I'm gonna have to do you. I'm gonna have you doing some push-ups over here in a second. <laughs> oh man. So, what are your thoughts on Tevin Jenkins, Squeegee? Um, moving him to left guard. How I do you feel about that? Say, like you were saying, I agree pretty much with what PJ was saying. Uh, the thing, the thing that I'd say is, I went through the same back surgery that he did, and so I know that. Um, it takes a while for you to get your flexibility and stuff back. So that would be my major concern with him is that it took me about 16 months before I even felt comfortable, you know, with my back. And then about three years before I made it, before I felt 100% where I was, you know, pushing buggies of concrete around and stuff like that. And so it also, when you, when you get the surgery is called a laminectomy, it, it messes with your hamstrings and a lot of muscles in your lumbar that are very touchy. And then the liquid that comes out of that when you, when it ruptures, it can mess with the nerves. And so 
the good thing about him moving to the left side is that, see, in the modern NFL, most of the uh, elite pass rushers, they play on the right side of the defense. So you got the tall, lanky guys in them two spots over there, and usually the shorter guys on the other side. So with, with Tevin playing there, he's not going to have to have such a uh, low pad level to play against the guys that are in front of him. And so that will probably help him out a lot with the flexibility issue until until he gets back to 100%. Because believe me, like he was saying that he does Pilates and everything, if you don't do that every day, you'll be stiff as a board. You know, you just it don't ever, uh, even for me now, you know, if I if I stop moving, that's bad news. You know, it doesn't ever get any better. Let me ask you a question regarding that surgery because I know they said it. What exactly happens in that surgery? What 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 happens and then how do they go about correcting it? Okay, so you have the your your vertebrae, right? And then in between the vertebrae, you have these discs that are covered with ligaments, okay? And that disc, what happens is is one side of it will get so huge that it actually pops. That's called a herniate herniation. And when that pops, there's nerves that are right there the, um, on your vertebrae, like at the end of your vertebrae. And uh-huh. so fragments from that or liquid from that can irritate that nerve. And in my case, it, that nerve went all the way down into my calf. So just for, so from my back all the way to my calf felt like one giant bruise. You know, it was just, it was horrible. And then when I, when you, so when you have the surgery, they go in and they remove the part of that disc that ruptured half of it. Usually what they do is they'll drill a hole right in the in the back of the vertebrae and get in there to remove that material material. When they do that, there's people that are like eighty percent of the time that that's all they ever need, you know. There's other people though that like I said, that can have fragments or liquid or other problems and then like like my in my case, I ended up getting two shots in the nerve. I had to go under an X-ray and have them go and actually put cortisone right in that nerve. And just based on the way that he talked, I think he had exactly the same thing happen with him. That you know he needed to get that calmed down because he was saying how he felt a hundred percent again, and you know he didn't felt like he didn't have to worry about his back again. Like I tell you, when I first came out of surgery i mean i had to use a bedpan that's how bad it was you just don't know how bad it is when the middle of your back is gone you can't do nothing man it's, mm-hmm. it's and so it, it messes with your too, you know yeah. it, it messes with you up here as long and, and up right along with the pain you know so so after the fluid comes out do they then put something else in there to replace the fluid um, no, that's it's just uh, like they don't cover the hole or anything like that either. Um, they try to be as less invasive as they can. So with mine, they made like it's just a one-inch incision that I have on my back. It's like, you know, yay big. Yeah. And, then you know, the way that it was explained to me by the guy that did it, Dr. Rink, was they have to remove this muscle from in front of there. And then once they remove the muscle, they can drill the hole. They, they take whatever out of it, then they stitch you all back up, and then they turn you over to a physical therapist right away. The, the day that I got out of surgery and I came to and everything, there was a physical therapist that came up to my room and made me get up and walk and stuff and see how I could function and all of that stuff. 
Wow. Okay. Wow. Man. Okay. They don't Buster. They don't let you stop moving, man. I had I had to get a stint, guys, and immediately I was on a, a rehab thing. And I'm like, why? Because I'm still doing stuff, but they make you do it. Which I is, is good because you gotta keep moving. You you don't you don't move it, you lose it. Yeah, true, it'll always, it just gets worse if you don't, you know, it'll always get worse. It never gets better. Yeah. It'll always get worse if you don't move, you know. Well, it's I'm true. I'm like five surgeries, guys. I don't want to do any of them, but one of them I got to do. So I feel for you, man. Yeah, it's that's been a long time ago, believe it or not. I, you know, that's why I'm trying to tell you that he's in a good spot. He'll be he'll be just fine because. Um, I had that done in 1999, and it's 2023, and I haven't had to have another shot since that second one that I had in the year 2000. Oh, so, that's great. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other, I've got other problems, but they're not, not because of that, you know. Yeah. So, like I said, I think he's in a good spot. The other thing I'd say about Tevin Jenkins, like you were comparing him with, um, with, with uh, Jones, with Braxton Jones, Braxton Jones is a technician, right? He wants to be uh, his footwork to be correct. He wants to have a good anchor. He wants to do things and and control the guy in front of him. Right. Tevin Jenkins is a savage. That man, he wants to freaking take your ass into the dirt behind the fence and step on your neck and finish you off so you don't get back in the game. You know? He wants to take his guy and push him into the guy bull rushing yeah. Braxton Jones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love Tevin Jenkins. I was the same way with you in the in in the draft. I wanted to get him first, but then when we got Fields, I was like, "Oh no way!" You know, so I really loved that. Then he ended up getting them, so I was like ecstatic, man. I was going around on the CB and say, "Yeah, man, Bears are gonna kick your ass this year," you know? Yeah. So I was really, I was really glad to see him. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's right. You were a truck driver, right? Yeah, I was a truck driver for. Oh, about 19 and a half years. I uh, I had a stroke in 2020 Well, a heart attack and then a stroke right after that. And so I continued to work because at the time um, the pandemic was going on. And so the DOT made me take seven days off. And then I kept working just because what I was doing was sensitive. The steel that I was moving was... Uh, was made was making like ventilators and stuff for people that were actually suffering from COVID, and so they deemed my job as like uh, what do you call it? Like an important. I had paperwork so that I could drive around in the pandemic even when other people couldn't. So, um, man, God bless. But you, bro. I, I stayed with that because you know I wanted to help my country out and stuff and do what I could for my fellow man. And then after I about. Oh, about the 21st of September, I had been back in the hospital a couple times because I was having dizzy spells. I'd be up on a on an open deck, you know, trying to tie stuff down, and I'd get dizzy and stuff. So it, it scared me, you know. And so when I talked to the doc, I decided to give up my CDL because I don't want to be – I'd feel really terrible if I killed somebody because I had a heart-related incident driving, you know, especially a large vehicle like that, you know. So I just chose to give that up. I don't even drive a car anymore. Yeah, the only thing I got, I got a bike over here that I put a two-cycle, a two-stroke engine on, and I put put that around if I really need to get somewhere. <laughs> Other than that, I'm just a homebody now. <laughs> well, 
I just want you to know, man, as much as I joke around about a lot of different things, I want you to know I truly appreciate you, man, as well as the others in the chat. But I want to say thank you specifically for you being that mandatory worker during that time, man, and the things you did, man. So I wish you the best of health and everything, man. I want you to know that coming from me. Hey, thank you very much. Me too. I didn't, I didn't get this. I'm going to go back and watch this, man. Um, but thank, thank you. You know, that's it's a great little story here. It's every person's got a bunch of little books in them, man, and that's a good little story. And and now it's it's here permanently. That little story about you. It's something yeah. somebody's got somewhere. So that's it's cool that you shared that with all of us. We appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, man. Thanks, sweetie. Like I said, thank you for emailing us to come on the show. I mean, this is it's this is what it's all about. We yeah. love having you guys come on and talk with us. You know. Yeah. It's hard sometimes to keep up with the chat when you're you're chit chatting and shit. So it's just it's nice to have you guys come in from chat and we can talk with you. So yes, every, everyone else is also welcome to do so if if you feel so inclined. Yes. Yeah, I just feel fortunate to be here, man. I have a lot of fun talking in the chat, you know. And so I'm a little bit um, I have a little bit of stage fright, you know. So this is kind of I'm a little bit nervy, but you know. I like to have fun and joke around, guys. That's my life. You know, I like to laugh. If you can't laugh about life, then it ain't worth living. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. Amen. Agree. I agree. Yes. I agree. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as you know said, it's a little hard. Or <laughs> <laughs> it's a big heart. Uh, you know, I, I I missed the opportunity the other night when I was drinking my water bottle. PJ, I was like, I was drinking my water bottle. And then like later on in the show, you pulled out your little dinky bottle and you're like, and I I was waiting and waiting to say it, but I couldn't do it because people were talking and I wanted to go, you know, PJ, size matters when it comes to water intake. Well, hey, I, you know, I, got, I got a trivia question on my own. Again, he comes up short, though, PJ. Look at what I carry, buddy. <laughs> that would have been hilarious if you would have pulled on a gallon of water, too. See, that's why I love you guys. That's all what you know. That's why I love you guys. You guys should have done this. Both of them. <laughs> That's terrible, man. <laughs> oh man, we love you. So too. hey, I gotta we appreciate you and your 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 comedic sense as well. <laughs> oh man, what were you saying, Squeegee? Oh, I was saying I got a I got a riddle for you guys. Do you guys know what sexual position makes the world's ugliest kids? I haven't I haven't been in that position, so I don't know. <laughs> Half down birth parents. <laughs> Ooh, that was burned. Anybody remember that 70 shows? Burn. <laughs> 55 minutes. Burn. 55 minutes. I got to write that down. That's a short. <laughs> <laughs> I I need to get uh before you go, before you leave I need to get your um your best you down with BCP Okay 
Give it, go ahead and do it now. I'll, so I can, I'll write down the timestamp. Go ahead. Can I give my like heavy D dance with the two? Yeah, just your best. <laughs> BCP. Let's see. You down with BC or you down with BCP? There you go. Uh, on the dot. Okay. <laughs> I want to add all. I want to. I want to add all of our guests to it and to have that part of the opener with everyone's collage of that. That's all together. It'll be cool to add to that. I concur with Mark here. Thanks. Thanks so much, there, Squeegee man. You've been awesome, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story with us. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Hey. Anytime, brothers. I I would appreciate it too if I saw it, but I'll appreciate it anyways. Because I'm gonna go back and watch it for sure, dude. I'll make comments on this show. I always do. Thanks for oh, coming yeah. on. Always enjoy, always enjoy your take. Oh, absolutely. chat that's always fucking with somebody too. I like that shit. By the way, <laughs> thank you for your generous donation to the Chris Watts GoFundMe as well, Squeegee. Thank you for that. Yeah, I was trying to motivate some people to help the guy out there too, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, we, I, we have we have the game figured out. It's going to be the – he's coming in for um, the Vikings game. And great. then we're going to go to the Vikings game. I have uh, the same seats that I had for the Niners last year. They're kind of in the corner end zone. Really good seats, like 15 rows up or something. And then uh, – oh. He's gonna stay for that week, and then he'll he'll meet up with the barroom event the following weekend. He'll be able to do that as well before he goes home. So we've already we've have his the plane tickets booked as of yesterday, and then um, we have the I have the tickets ready to go through a friend, so a friend of the family, so. Thank you for your generation, your generous donation to be a part of making that happen. No, thank you necessarily. Just don't forget to get them drunk and moon the opposing bench. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Squeegee, be sure to tell Fred and Barney I said hello. No problem. Hey, Fred. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh. You put the cat on every say, night like that. You, JP. Sorry, <laughs> I have, I have a dog, not a cat. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I got a pretty cool dog here named Jackson. I rescued from a shelter. Oh, cool. Oh, man. cool. Yeah. I, I thought his name was Dino. Yeah, Dino. I, I didn't name him. I just, that's what they named him at the freaking shelter. So I just kept it that way. I was thinking about getting my brother and naming him Michael. <laughs> so squeegee before you hop out before we bring in our next guest walter what uh what is your record do you have, do you have a record prediction for this season oh i'd like to see us go nine and eight i really think i'm up in the air i think the first game is gonna tell all because they got that new Lucas, uh, what's his name, Lucas from uh, from Iowa, and that guy is a bull wrestler, and so he's going to hit uh, Braxton Jones with that bull rush right in the first game. So we're going to know if his techniques improved. I'd say that's my biggest question mark now on the O-line after the past few days, especially after hearing what um, 
what Cody Whitehair had to say today. So I think I think if we lose against the Packers in the first game, we might grow from it because there's a lot of uh, young players, inexperienced players. I'm kind of afraid if they win and they beat the Packers, they might get cocky and then, you know, uh, take a lot of games for granted. So I think maybe if we lose a little bit early, we'll get really tough towards the end of the year. That's what I hope for. Um, I'd like to see us go nine and eight, maybe even back into the playoffs as a wild card, but we're going to kick ass next year for sure. I mean, it's going to be, yeah, I'm going to be expecting some Super Bowls here pretty soon. Well, um, so you, so you, that's, that's possibly a shot at the playoffs. Maybe I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. That's that's not enough to remove you from the show. If you would have said eight nine, it would have been the other way around. I was close. By the way, you are going to sweep the Lions no matter what. Yes, I hope so. We have them splitting with the Lions, but we have some questions from chat for you before you go, Squeegee. Okay. You want to pull those up, Kitty? <laughs> Mark is asking if, if Jenkins can play edge rush. If Jenkins can play edge rush, <laughs> uh, I don't think so. He's probably a little too lumpy for that. Maybe nose tackle. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. I think he can move. Um, he can move pretty well for a big guy. Uh, any more questions, Kitty? I'm not so sure about his lateral agility. Yeah, yeah, but he's a, he's he's nasty. That is that it. No more questions. Was it, no, was that, the one that, about boat? There was else? something about bow fishing. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I had it up a couple of times, but um, I think Eduardo asked, "Do you actually do you bow fish?" I don't even know what that is. Oh, do I bow fish? Uh, yes. No, thank you. No. No, uh, I have a cousin that lives up in DeKalb, but he's got a little John boat, so I usually go out in that. There's a place right here by the Rock Island Arsenal, which part one of the biggest uh, businesses in the Quad Cities is the military builds a lot of weapons and stuff here on the Arsenal. You can go up the slough behind it, and there's this little metal stick that sticks up out of the water. Uh, you tie off to that thing right where the... Um, it's a power dam where they where they generate power. Where the water comes out of that is a cement floor underneath there, and striped bass jump up there all day long. You can catch stripers there all day long. That's the way oh, I like nice. fish. Nice, yeah. me too. Use a little rock. Is it off yeah. the Rock River? Um, no, that's in the Mississippi, but it's it's a slough, so it's a. Uh, you go off the Mississippi River. Uh, around this other island up into a cut, and then it ends right at a power dam. So it's a pretty cool spot. Then uh, around the corner from there is the old locks. So you can take the boat and go to these old locking dams and go mm -hmm. back in there, and you can catch your crappie and your catfish and, and everything oh, back in there. You can, right. you can have a fish and bonanza where I live. I mean, I was right. like born a fish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Squeegee, do you want to come back for the last hour to shoot the shit with us? 
Actually, I think I'm going to pass. I got uh, Diablo 4 downloaded today, and I told my youngest boy I was going to play with him tonight. So I'm going to I'm gonna pass on that, but I'll be back next Thursday with you guys. Well, priorities, my brother. Priorities. Exactly. The Bears, the Bears yeah. about to win the Super Bowl. I'm psychic. Watch this year. All right. That's my like my 24-year-old's prediction is that we're winning the Super Bowl this year. Justin Fields is good enough. That's all they need is, is – well, they need a team, but Justin Fields is cool. <laughs> I love it. Well, Undefeated team, Super Bowl win. We got you, man. I'm behind it. I don't – we can. Why? Who right. said we can't win a Super Bowl? Exactly. All right, Speezy, anything else you want to say before we sign you off? Uh, just remember it's better to have a bottle of front of me than a funnel of bottom me. <laughs> and I know. All right, buddy. Thanks for joining the show. We'll see you soon. Thanks for coming on. Yep. Thank you as well. You guys have a good week. See ya. All right. You, you too, now. Peace. Man, that was fun. Yeah, it was. This is awesome. This is awesome having guests from chat on, man. This is this is what the whole vision that I wanted to do for this show was all about, and it's great to kind of see this happening now. So. Thank everyone for joining us. Squeegee, everyone has joined us in the past. Matt Kedro, J2K has been on the show a lot. Uh, let's not keep our next guest any longer. Walter Besky, let's bring him in. Hey, guys. Walter. How you doing? Walter, what's up, my friend? Thanks no for joining problem. us tonight. Yeah, no problem. Good show so far. Thank you. Sorry we brought you in a little bit late. That's fine. No we're, we're still trying to control the time but we're getting better at it start off i mean i don't know i just won my dad fire away foster but uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself man like where you're from what you do for a living oh me right now i'm out of aurora illinois so about uh, yeah. you know an hour and a half outside the city yeah. uh right now i do uh freelance fiction so uh, it's a fancy way of being like a writer oh, oh okay. nice Cool. Freelance fiction? It's made up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So I mainly do uh, young adult horror. Think of like Arl Stein's Goosebumps, that kind of thing. Wow. Oh, okay. I know exactly. I, my kids, I've seen every one of them a dozen times, man. <laughs> every one of them. How did you become a Bears fan? Oh, that was PJ's question, dude. Oh, he did? He did? I didn't do, him on, I didn't do any answers. Speaking up for so not being here on the. Yeah. How was you both? Okay, so it's an interesting story. Actually, I started off uh, as a San Francisco 49ers fan. Oh Jesus! You know, I was just that was fun for a second. That was was a nice interview. Uh, Thanks anyway, buddy. This show's tanking now. Fuck you, J2K. (laughs) Anybody else want to come on from the chat tonight? I'm sorry. We just like to look around here. No, no, it's fine. So uh, when we moved out to Illinois, uh, it was my my me and my wife's anniversary, you know, and she ended up surprising me with Bears tickets to a Niners game. So um, you know, once I saw the fans and you know how ravenous they were and the huge, uh, you know, how everyone just liked the Bears, and I just bought in. So how old were you when you became a Bears fan? 2017. Wow. 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 So you're a recent fan. Uh, yeah, I followed off and on through the 90s and all that, but, uh, you know, a full-on Bears fan, 2017. Wow. That's because wow. that's that's Bears fans are 
true bear fans. And look at it took that long, but once you're hooked, you're hooked. Exactly. He's still, he's still sucking on the bottle. He's still sucking on the bottle. He's yeah, got a he long baby. way to go, but I mean that's commitment to just go to a game in Chicago and yeah, this will be my, uh, fourth game this year, I think. Yeah. Really? Could, oh. well, what game could anybody else see your could you could any of you guys see yourself changing to a, like the 49ers? Because I can't. <laughs> yeah, like a, any team, not just the 49ers. I can't see myself changing ever as a Bears fan. My whole life. Well, you once you, you, you buy and you can't go back. There's nobody else like Bears fans out there. Yeah. And uh, going to the games are so fun to go to. I love it. Yeah, PG, I'm going to the uh, Lions game in uh, I think week oh, 12, okay. uh, December 10th. Ooh. So, That's going to be cold. Nah, if it's anything like the Phillies game last year, it won't be that bad. I'll oh, be right with you for my lazy boy, man. I'll be cheering you on. <laughs> cool. You know, early in December is not that bad. It's later in December. That's usually the colder games, right? Chicago these days, you just never know anymore. This is what yeah. here. Yeah, for me, I won't go you, to you it. You used to be able to read it. These, these days, no. I was a roper outside every day. The last 15 years, it has changed. Changed immensely. Yeah, for me, so, I won't go to a game after October. It's too cold. <laughs> well, we thought about doing the Packers, but uh, we couldn't get those tickets, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have fifteen hundred bucks a ticket. <laughs> yeah, that those games are fun, man. I've been to many Bears Packers games. Oh man, and we lost every one of them. <laughs> Hoping for the one, but nope, never got one of them. Only the bad thing about those games is the regular fans kind of cut off from ever going there and seeing them. Your average Joe, because they can't afford that. That's that's what's bogus. Yeah. It used to be. It used to be. You know, baseball was almost free, and you could go to a football game, basketball game, or a hockey game. Mm-hmm. Like four of you for cheap, but. Yeah, I mean, the, I digress. The Bears Packers games I was going to in the 90s, early 2000s, was they weren't ridiculous prices. Right. right. You, know? you could actually get the tickets without having to, like, take a loan. Right. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. So, who's your favorite player, Walter? Currently, Tevin Jenkins. Of all oh, time. well, of all New time, York. Brian Urlacher. Okay, no coincidence. <laughs> okay, okay. That's I was telling Shorty. I know I was supposed to do last week's show, but uh, this one's even better considering the topic of discussion. Well, so, excellent. Why don't you just dive right into it? What What do you like about Tevin Jenkins? Uh, Tevin Jenkins is a monster. He was a monster in Oklahoma State, and I just love his style of play. Did Did you follow him when he was at uh, was it uh, Ohio State? Oh, what's, what, what? Oklahoma. Oklahoma State. Yeah. I, I followed a little bit of him out of, okay. um, you know, but I wasn't, I'm not too big into college football, so I really didn't watch a lot of games. But just to watch him in particular, it's, it's, it's a fun, a fun little afternoon. So during that draft, <laughs> during that draft, were you hoping that the Bears got him or you didn't become a fan until after we got him? Uh, no, I was monitoring the draft. I was actually on vacation when uh, that happened, and we didn't really have any Wi-Fi, so trying to get updates was a little bit of a pain. Um, you know, I thought he could go first round. There was some talks. He was actually better than Sewell uh, out of there. But, uh, you know, we lucked out, and he had the back issue in college, which was causing the drop down a little bit, and he fell into our laps. So win-win. Yeah, 
Yeah. He was who I expected us to draft with the 20th pick. And, I mean, I had I even had any inkling that the Bears had a chance at Justin Fields, I would have gone and seen him play high school an hour and 20 minutes away. I mean, I, I can't – my buddy kept telling me, you got to go see this kid play. He's, he's, he's one of the top quarterbacks coming out of – I'm like, well, who cares? He'll never be a Bear. It's, it's, that's that. a lot of work to go see that and, you know – Okay, I can I can say I can say that I saw him, but now he's a he's our fucking quarterback. Like, man, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that, that draft, man, I traded us out of the first round, got Tavin at like thirty six, and picked up like Davis Mills and Creed Humphrey because I I just never thought we would get Fields, man. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I, I knew we could get Tavin because he was going to be there one way or the other, yeah. even if we're going back. And I'm glad we got him because I like this guy. He yeah. stay healthy. I really like him, man. So. Uh, well, why do you think that he isn't playing right tackle? Like, what what made them go and move him to right guard? A lot of people say it's the arm length. You know, he's a little bit shorter there, so he's a little better suited for the guard position. And I know Flus has been saying a lot of times, and even Alan Williams, that the guard is actually more important to them in their offensive line scheme than tackle. So you might as well just put your best player there. And he showed last year he could adapt. Well said. How do you feel about him going to left? Oh, I'm fine with that. It's pretty much just a change of uh, – you're not really changing your job. You're just relearning the position a little bit. You know, Instead of stepping one way, you're stepping the other. And, and like you said earlier in the show, you can easily train that up in OTAs and training camp in preseason. So. Wow. I like, I like your thinking on, on Jenkins. Yeah, I'm not worried. Good. I'm not either. I don't think any of us should be. Yeah, I think the injury uh, thing everyone's talking about is a little overblown. You know, he did have the back issue in college. He had it when he first joined us. He had the surgery. Yes, he lost a lot of time, but that happens. It's back surgery. What are you going to do? What about that neck injury? That was that was a concern, though, was a neck injury. Uh, the neck injury, watching that again, um, I, I saw it happen in real time. And, you know, going back and watching the more close-up videos, you can see when the Eagles player came in, kind of hit him almost between where the neck guard and uh, his exposed area was and caused his head to kind of jerk over to the right. right. So he really had more of a stinger than anything else. But, you know, it wasn't too bad. It could have been a lot worse. It, honestly, I felt they rushed him back from that injury, yeah. too. He should have sat out another week. Me, too. Yeah, I agree on that. Yeah. I, just, I think this, though, too, real quick. Okay, say he does get injured, man. I mean, why, why did they give uh, – Dieter Eisen, I think, could play any three of them spots if we need it. I mean, we, we have – they have we have some depth that if something does happen, we might be a lot better off than we were last – no, we'll be a ton better off than we were last year with them. So, oh, yeah. I think, yeah. I think he's going to – I think he's going to stay healthy this year. Yeah, he looks healthy. He, he looks in good spirits. Uh, I think everything was a little more mental last year in terms of the issues at training camp and all that. Uh, it's kind of a, you know, people don't really talk about mental health too much, but I think that was more of a, a major thing than a physical ailment. Uh, in terms of depth, you know, we have guys like Jatiri Carter who can jump in. I know uh, they were big on him last year. I don't know why he didn't get more playing time, especially with the uh, situation we were in, but maybe we'll see more of that this year. Yeah, Jatiri Carter was someone that I wanted to see more of, especially at the end there when there was really nothing to root for, you know, so... I, this offensive line, I think, this year is vast improved. How do you feel about that? 
Well, the offensive line looks great. Braxton Jones, uh, you know, punched him in his weight class last year, but uh, you know, hopefully he can keep going that way. Uh, left guard, we have Tevin Jenkins now. We finally don't have a, a revolving door at center. Uh, right guard, we brought in Nate Davis. He should be fine. And right tackle, we have Darnell Wright, who was my pick in the draft to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, he was yeah. your guy, huh? Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about the How do you feel about the rest of the draft? Oh, draft I thought was great. Uh, we got a lot of good guys. The Tyreek Stevenson trade, uh, you know, I figured we'd get him. I just didn't think we'd be trading up to do it. But uh, really? you know, he looks pretty good. Uh, Gervin Dexter was my pick for defensive tackle. I took him in a lot of my you when know, I was doing mock drafts with friends. They're like, "Who is this guy?" I was like, "He's going to be good. He looks good, and I think he's going to play hard for us." And Zach Pickens too was another dark horse pick. So I think the run defense is a little overblown, but you know, we'll wait and see. What do you think they're going to do as far as the edge? That I don't know. The perfect world, Chase Young trade. I will <laughs> die on that hill. <laughs> I like this guy. That's all I got to say. I like this guy. You know, I feel if he is available, and I think the commanders will want to get something and not nothing for him. This is this is the moment where we need, where we need to have like little lovebirds going, and then we need to pull. Go go ahead and give us your little lovebird song about um, about. Uh... <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta love uh, so some Chase Young. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I feel there's another guy who got hurt, and everyone's just kind of casting him off and forgetting about him. Yeah. Or they're saying, "Oh, he's injury prone. He missed these many games." Well, you know, he had an ACL injury and a patellar tear on his tendon. It's a one in a million combo. Yeah. But yeah. next time. Yeah. So what do you think this offensive line is going to be at by, like, you know, season's end as far as their ranking? Season's end, at least middle of the pack, if not upper echelon. Okay. I wouldn't say top five yet. Uh, That remains to be seen how Nate Davis fits in and how Braxton Jones really is taking the next step at his position. And Darnell Wright, too. We don't know how he's going to transition from college. I'm hoping the, the best for him. I'm hoping he's a pro bowler this year, but we just okay. don't know yet. So what do you think as far as Tevin Jenkins and his uh, trajectory this year? This year, pro bowl. I figured he could have been in the pro bowl last year if it wasn't for uh, you know missing those games near the end of the year. Wow. Okay. And he also lost time to uh, Schofield and Patrick, platooning him at the beginning of the season, which made no sense. Mm-hmm. He's allowed four sacks in his career. He only had two penalties last year. Zero false starts. I mean, he played exceptionally well last year. Yeah. yeah. He was uh, top three in guards, I believe, at least with the PFF ranking. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. But even coming off the back injury, his first game in Green Bay, he didn't look bad his uh, quote-unquote rookie season. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, people forget he didn't have a training camp. He just kind of just fell into the fire. Right. I, I think that. When he first came in, you know, they were stressing him being under 320 pounds. And he played great when he first came in. I think after that neck injury and he came back, seemed like he was heavy and he didn't play as well. Seemed like he was above that 320. I don't know what his weight was then, but I know they emphasized him getting under 320 pounds at first. Mm-hmm. But then after that neck injury, seemed like he came back uh, kind of heavy and didn't play as well. 
You're talking about the first game back um, after the the injury at the Eagles game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it seemed like he came back. He was kind of heavy, and it was like, okay, uh, he to me he didn't look as impressive. I mean, it could have been a lot of things. It could have been, you know, he still was hurting. You know, he did probably have full range of motion. So, I mean, that's going to affect you. Right. And we don't know. We really don't know. Yeah. Chalk it up to a little pain and a little bit of rust. Exactly. I I chalk it up to a little bit of weight. And he's, what, 320, 325 now? Well, I mean, back then, I don't know what he's at now, but – I agree with the coaching staff and the training staff when they said they want him under 320. So I think that's probably where he plays best at because he was he was a wrecking ball when he first came in. I loved it, man, when he first was playing. He was around 320 or less. So yeah. like you're, what what you're saying is he he had um too much spaghetti and catfish. <laughs> Why isn't that playing? Could have been Mastacholi, dude. Man. Uh, like I said, just the way he, he handles himself, I feel it's a lot of mental more than physical ailments that bothers him. I know he talks about how his wife is his rock and all that. She coached him through a lot of his issues. Yeah. So there's definitely something there. Yeah, for sure. He lost his mother, too. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, he did. So, I mean, yes, been, he did. Uh, the kid's been through a lot. The yeah. fact that he's still here and kind of what I was saying in the beginning is that the coaching staff clearly has – uh, I think confidence in this kid because they know he's going to pick up this position and he'll be fine at it and he'll shine in it. Yeah. If the coaching staff didn't want him here, he would have been gone. Right. Right. He'll, yeah. show, everybody, he'll show everybody this year, man. He's gone. Oh yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you think he's going to be a staple at the uh, left guard spot for years to come? I hope they just tie him down to one position. I figure he could be at least a 10-year player here for us if he wants to be. Um, you know, like I said, left-right guard, you can flip-flop and go back and forth. I, I don't really see that being an issue. I don't see him going back to tackle. I think that ship has sailed. Emergency only, I could see. But yes. Yeah. Based on what uh, the way the coaching staff feels or his limitations? Uh, more so the coaching staff. I, I think they're going to, you know, we need to shore up the interior, and that's going to be our guy. You know, push comes to shove if he has to take over right tackle, even left tackle, he can do that, but I don't see them moving him back. Okay. I don't either. But he, if he's, if he excels at right or at left guard, then, I mean, he's a situational player, and any he can play pretty much anything but center. Yeah, like you said, you give him a ball, he probably could learn that too. Yeah. So yeah, he probably could. I, I think I mean, they all could. Somebody he can't be any worse than Sam Mustafer. Let's be honest. <laughs> so, I guess my biggest fear is if we get like a paint, if we're like in the second round next year of the draft, and there's just this outstanding left guard prospect that people passed on for whatever reason, and now he's sitting in our lap, and then the Bears decide. They want to take him because you know he's the best guy on the draft board. Then what do they do with Tevin Jenkins? And that—that's where my concern is. It seems like that's what they do. That's what they're doing. It's like okay, we we needed a person at right guard last year, so oh, Tevin Jenkins, yeah, you're a good right tackle, but we're gonna throw you at right guard because we need a right guard. So now we got a right guard, 
oh, Tevin Jenkins, you know what? We need a left guard now, and you're our best guy that we can think. Let's put you there. So that's my concern is if is they going to always – is he going to be that guy that always moves because of we got another guy coming in that's that that's that's their position that there okay all right no no i understand the argument there it's a you know it's a cause for concern of course now in terms of drafting a new player they may draft someone yes uh, but nate davis would be on the out there he's got a three-year deal with us yeah I think he'd be gone if we do pick up, you know, a top guard. Let's say there's a, someone that just blows everyone away and we use one of our first round picks on it next year. I mean, I wouldn't personally, but that's hypothetically speaking. Yeah. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, I think, is, like I said, he's here if he wants to be. And I don't see the coach staff giving up on him, nor do I see, you know, them moving on from him if another option becomes available. Yeah. yeah. He's bad. I was going to say, I just see that. I think it looks like he's got these keep these young veterans with these other younger guys so they can grow together. And I'm sure they've got plans for down the road. They've probably got it worked out three or four different ways to go because there is that I can think of in my head already if I'm in that position. So you can never have too many offensive linemen. It's a great position to be in, especially if you need to, somebody needs one late in the season and you got two sitting on a bench that you could trade. Come a calling, man. Come a calling. Yeah, can never he, be, in, never have too many offensive linemen or defensive linemen. Who says it? Everybody. Yeah. It's crazy to hear. It's crazy to hear him say that he's in a prove it year, and he's being moved to a new position for the first time that he's never played in the NFL. Like, I think man. he's just that type of player that, uh, you know, he's always going at 120 percent, and nothing is ever good enough for him. Like yeah. I said, he gave up 12 pressures and two sacks. That'd be great from anyone else in the league. To him, that's you know subpar. Now, in terms of the movement to left guard, I mean, I'm not there with Ryan Poles, but you have to figure at the end of last season, they saw center as the weakest spot on the line. So we have to address that in some way. Now, you have Cody White here, who was an all-pro at center a couple years back. We can shift him over. Now we have an open spot at guard. Were there any good left guards on the market? Eh, There could have been. Maybe they didn't fit our bill. But Tevin seems to be one of those guys where it's put me in coach. I don't care where I play. So that worked to our advantage. We're able to go out and snag Nate Davis, and it's all gravy. Yes, that was a great that was a great signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought they pivoted with that signing. Personally, I thought they were going after the uh, McGlinchey guy, and when after he got priced out of what we wanted to pay, they said, "You know what? Instead of paying him, let's just grab this right guard." Which made me think they were going to just move Tevin to right tackle, but. Darnell Wright, after that, man, after that serious workout they gave him, I mean, man, I if he can pass that workout they gave him, I'm I'm happy that they was able to draft him because <laughs> I don't know if I could have made that workout. Gee whiz. Yeah, I think they just watched the highlight reel from the uh, Alabama game and saw him just shut down Will Anderson. And said, That's our guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I remember, PJ, you said even that your I think your favorite signing was Nate Davis. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, and I'm right with you, man, especially after I went back and watched it. You know, awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As far as right, he was my first pick on my first and my last draft. So, I'm with you on that, man. Right's beast. Cool. I was wondering where that was. All right, random trivia time. Who caught the longest touchdown pass in Bears history? A, Johnny Knox. B, John Farrington. 
C, Devin Hester. D, Bobby Engram. Wow, that's a good question. Who caught the longest touchdown pass in Bears history? Johnny Nye. Walter? I'm going to take a shot in the dark and go with uh, B. (laughs) John Farrington. Who the hell is that? (laughs) I have no idea. Who you got, Foster? I was going to say Bobby Ingram, but I'm going to say Johnny Knox. Okay. Shorty? It's got to be Johnny Knox. It's got to be Hester. All right. I'm going to say Johnny Knox, although I'm not copying off of you guys. Yes, you are. Who we got in the club? What the chat got? What do you guys say in chat? We got Johnny Knox from Cliff. We've got Marcus Malterer says Bobby Engram. Mr. Mayhem says Johnny Knox. Mark Kazak says Knox. Doug Van Dorn, Knox. Marcus Malter, I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think it's Johnny Knox. What is the answer, Kitty? What the, f- Who the fuck is that? <laughs> Foster know who he is. Who he, who is he, Foster? Because I'm sure you watch him play live. Was that when they were uh, still using horses, Foster? <laughs> <laughs> You're muted. You are our Tooch. I just said Tooch dinosaurs, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, uh, do, do we have a year on that, by chance? 40s. I guess. That, I don't, that, what his, what's his name? Yes. What's the guy's name? John Farrington. John Farrington. You don't have. Sorry, the, guys, the book John doesn't Farrington. tell me the year. It just says the question. Oh, okay. Wow. I would have, if you would have given me a million guesses with that name in there, I would have never guessed John Farrington. 1961. Man. Uh, I bet you Aldo saw him live. Oh, one that was the, that was the, oh, that was a ninety-eight yard reception. Was it really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Aldo <laughs> had to see him live. If, if, if he got that answer right, he got he had to see him live. <laughs> Probably in a front row seat at the fifty-yard line. Cliff, who the fuck is <laughs> Harrington? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said the Harringtons of Connecticut or some bullshit. <laughs> Farrington of, of the Farringtons of Connecticut. Yeah, I love these clowns, man. These guys are just kill me, man. They're awesome. Oh my goodness. Awesome. <laughs> well, Doug, uh, or sorry, Doug. Uh, well, we have our next guest waiting in the wings here. Uh, before we uh, have you part leave for, would you like to come back for the final hour? Uh, you know, I was thinking about doing it, but I don't know if I'll be able to. I'm gonna try and jump back in though. Okay. Do you well, you're welcome to come back for the final hour. Do you have uh, a Twitter or anything? You want people to follow you on or anything? Oh no, not right now. <laughs> One day Good for you. I'm trying to uh, to get into that. Maybe start a little channel up and just you know talk what's about, your, about the Bears. What, what's come your back and plug it when you can, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Come back and plug it, man. Yeah, I'll definitely be back if you'll have me. So we'd love to have you back, of course, anytime. Absolutely. She already uh, says it to everybody, though, so I won't be careful. What? <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't even anything there for PJ to insert. Fuck Ooh. you, Shorty. Or <laughs> <Four> Swifty. <laughs> What's your record prediction before you take off? Well, uh, 10 and 6. 10 and 6? Yeah. That's pretty good. 
Playoffs or not? Uh, I'd say wild card spot. Ooh, we'll go there's an there. extra one. There's an extra one here. Let's say that's top. I'll be happy with six wins, honestly. That's still three more than we had last year, or more than that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Kitty, before before uh, we let him sign off, cut the music because I want it, I want him to give us his best. You done with BCP? Come on, give it give it give it your best. You down with BCP? Awesome. Perfect. Well, Walter, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you very much for reaching out to be on the show. We would love to have you back anytime. Please let us know. You have my email. I think my number. We can just let me know anytime you want to come on. Yeah, I'll definitely drop you guys an email. Thank you again for having me. You guys do a great job. So appreciate. I want to support you guys, too. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Thank you very much, Walt. No problem. Have a good night. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll see you again. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Peace. Guys, we have our final special guest that we want to bring onto the show. Let's not have him wait any longer. Mr. Aldo Gandia, the podfather himself. Oh, I, I did had the Chris Watts thing. Oh, you had the music. Oh. And you just, I mean, Damn it, Kitty. We screwed it up. I didn't screw it up. Your host. Screwed it up. <laughs> we screwed it up. Although I promise you will be right after, but this is kind of an homage because you have introduced us to Chris Watts. So we are going to play this just very quickly and then we will bring him in. anyone that would like to that's listening to this in audio that would like to donate to the chris watts gofundme to bring this british bloke to chicago to see a bears game that is gofund.me slash 322a 167d gofund.me slash 322a 167d thank you all right now we can bring on our final guest the Podfather himself, Mr. Eldo Gandia. Don't dance like my boys. <laughs> I would hate to see him and Foster on the dance floor together. <laughs> that ain't ever gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy, fellas! What's going on? What's going we on, Aldo? Good How to are see you? you sitting there, man. Yes. Man, I, I feel great. And it uh, makes me feel even better that I'm here with you guys. Cool. It's man. awesome to have you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on tonight, man. It's great yeah. to see you. Great to hear your voice again. Glad to know that you're doing well. And I'm sure we all have a lot of great shit that we want to talk to you about with Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. <laughs> I got one, thing, you, one thing real quick. 
Mm-hmm. Although this is all, this whole show and like all of us together, this is all your fucking fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not going to take credit for that. I'm going to tell you something. You know, um, my man, Mr. Shorty, is first of all an incredibly creative guy, and you can tell he's got you know the business sense and the perseverance, and of course, uh, Kitty is is an invaluable asset to him. And, and he knows talent. That's why he reached out to you guys. And you guys have, are building something here that is fantastic. I love it. I catch it from time to time, even if I, you know, in the background, just 15 minutes, checking it out here and there. You guys are doing a great job. And, and what you're doing with Chris Watts is also sensational. This is going to be Bears Country uh, Podcast and Bears Country Productions. is going to be one of those staples when people mention, hey, what's the best place to go to get Bears uh, information? Bears Country Podcast, Bears Country Productions is going to be at the top of that list along with the CHGOs and the other places that get mentioned. So continue the good work. I'm really proud of you guys. You guys are doing great, great work, man. We really appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. That's awesome to hear. Thank you, man. That's much love, man. Indeed, man. It's all true, man. All from the heart. You know, I – Part of the reason I love doing this is to see other people flourish, man. I've always had that kind of teacher gene in me or coach gene or whatever you want to call it. And Hot father to, gene. To be able to have helped a little bit. Yeah, podfather. That's cool. <laughs> uh, to be able to help this little bit, you know, makes me feel happy. That's, that's great. And, uh, you know, this is special. So keep it going, guys. So Thank you. When did you first start getting involved in, like, the podcast and stuff like that? Yeah, so I, you know, I had a long history of working in business uh, communications and also broadcast TV. I worked at Channel 2 from... 1985 to 1992. So I was there during the Bears Super Bowl season, and I actually got to produce one of the old Mike Ditka show episodes. The uh, regular producer uh, had to go on vacation or went somewhere. He asked me to step in, and I did that. I did it in the 86 season. And so um, so I worked uh, in broadcast TV for a total of about 10 years. I went to PBS for a few years and uh, a couple of years and uh, did a couple of other things. But in between that job, I was doing a lot of business communications, working for major corporations. And that's really where the money is for people who who want to write and produce and direct. You know, I got to travel around the world. I went to Egypt. I went to Brazil. I went to Germany, shot video and all those places multiple times. Uh, and then after 15 years, I started having it out with management at my last job. And so I took the buyout. I left and I started, I said to myself, what do I want to do? Well, since I was a kid, I always wanted to be that sportscaster. I always wanted to do sports. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to open up my own webpage. Did that for a few years. And over the years, it started to evolve. So it started all in 2014. And, uh, and now it's the iteration is uh, Barroom Network and I was having fun, just having did, fun. Did, did, did it begin as audio? Well, it all began as a website with no audio, no video. I did that for, I think, two years, and that was called the NFC North Barroom. I had a guy named B.J. Rydell running the Vikings Barroom. Uh, me, I ran the Bears Barroom. Uh, uh, a 
I forgot the names, frankly. Uh, it'll come to me a little later in the middle of the show. But the guys who ran the Packers Barroom and Lions Barroom, I did that for two years. And it was great. We, we were getting a lot of recognition. But the work involved with running that big of an operation, I said, oh, man, this is, this is too much. So yeah. I said, what do I really love doing? Bears. So it, 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 we, we changed the name to Bears Barroom and then achieved a lot of success with Bears Barroom. And then the NFL came after me. Oh, you're using the word Bears in your uh, title. You know, you need to. So that's why we switched it to Barroom Network. Um, wow, really? Yeah. Bears bitches. Yeah, really, exactly. Sons of bitches. They went after me and the Bears Brothers, which ended up being CHGO. In fact, the letter that I got from the NFL office. It kept, you know, when they, it's basically a, a, a what, what, what they call a boilerplate, you know, that cease and desist, mm-hmm. and they just fill in the name, you know, and so in, in my case, they filled in Bears Barroom, Bears Bear Bar, but they left one the same from the last one they sent out, which said Bears Brothers. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I called them up. I'm talking to a paralegal over at the NFL offices, and I'm going at her, man, saying, you're just picking on me because I'm a little minority owner. I threw the Puerto Rican card out right away. <laughs> I'm just a Puerto Rican guy and so forth. And by the way, I'm not associated with the, the Bears brothers. And they were like, well, Bears brothers? Yeah, it's on the document. You you guys don't know what you're doing. I started throwing shit out. I, I scared the shit out of them. And I, I got the, I kept the name for another year, um, even though they kept, sent me a couple more letters. I was just saying, fuck you. Uh, but then after a while, because I wanted to monetize things, I said, you know, it's probably better if I just change the title and call it Barroom Network. So that, that's how it happened. Wow. But, I, wow. but I still got my sign. And this was a gift yeah. from people who followed uh, Bears Barroom with me, Phil, and Shane. And we had Lauren Cox uh, back then and a, a number of other great people. We had a blast. It, those were good days. So what got you to be a Bears fan to begin with? Jesus, man. You know, I, I was born in New York. And I, I was eight years old when I came to Chicago. And that's when I started to fall in love with sports. And as a Chicagoan, I just felt, you know, I have to root for Chicago teams to 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 even though I'm from New York to not root for a Chicago team. That feels like blasphemy. That feels like, you know, cheating on your wife. Well, I kind of learned later that she. Uh, this was this was the base. This was a few years after uh, the six foot three wide receiver John Bo Farrington caught <laughs> 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 that long touchdown pass. So I started following them uh, like towards the end of the season in 1968, and then 1969 they went one yeah. and thirteen. <laughs> also remembers this, <laughs> and so I. I <laughs> so I immediately thought, well, why the fuck am I doing this? Man? <laughs> the Jets were in the Super Bowl that year, I think. <laughs> I should go back to New York, but I just felt like it was blasphemy. And then, you know, I, st- I was a voracious reader, buying all the newspapers, reading all the stories. And so I started reading up on Chicago sports teams and then started reading about the legacy. Oh, we got a guy named Dick Butkus that he scares the shit out of people? Yeah, that's my team. Gail Sayers. And so I, I fell in love with the team, fell in love with the uniforms, uh, fell in love with the history. And you can't ever, I don't care what happens with this organization. I mean, short of, you know, uh, 
them committing some incredible crime. But uh, no matter all the fuck ups that Foster and I and all Bears fans have seen over the years, you just can't get us diehard fans to to say no. We're, we're not going to be fans. It's not going to happen. We're diseased. We're diseased. Yeah, we're sick. That's right. You're, that's it, that's it right. <laughs> so, who's your favorite player of uh, all time? Man? Oh man, it's got to be Walter. But Dick Butkus is a close second. Uh, you know why I love Butkus so much? Everybody says Walter, but the reason I love Dick Butkus is because the NFL films did a great job of mm-hmm. uh, turning him into a mythic hero. Yes. Now, I'll never forget the one feature they did on him where they interviewed him, and he's saying, when I'm across the sideline, I'll look at the players from across the sideline, and if I see somebody smile, I'll say, that motherfucker's talking about my mother. I'm going to fucking kill him when I'm out there. Right. I fell in love with that attitude. I, right. Yeah, that, that's what you got to do in order to be the best. You know? right. I, I love, and that's another reason why I love Michael Jordan and Walter Payton. They were cut out of that same cloth that mm-hmm. they will do whatever is necessary to win. And and in my in my my mind, if you're going to be successful at just about anything in life, you got to have that kind of kind of killer instinct and in, in business and sports and and whatever you do, you got to have that switch and turn it on when necessary. Homicidal, right? <laughs> yes. And what you're talking about with the NFL, you could just kill it. Whatever you're doing, you could just kill. That's what homicidal means. Doesn't yes. mean kill people. Look yes. at Marcus. He's yeah. tackling the entire Packers team. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. Four, three. And yes. then the, the all whites. I said I, I fell in love with the uniforms. Look at those all whites. Yeah. It's yeah. precious, man. Yeah. I, I know. There's a lot of people calling for that, the all whites to come back. Yeah. I love it's it when there's fingerprints or stuff smeared on them, man. Yeah. Ooh, what man. you're talking about with the NFL films and how they portrayed the players at the time mm-hmm. in the game, it was just so. Awesome. Yes. And I wish that they would do something like that similar, like go back to using the old, you know, what is it, Kitty? The 1934 millimeter film or whatever it is. Like, uh, Uh, oh, you mean that what um, Tarantino uses? Eight eight millimeter. Eight millimeter film. And like record and make it gritty and kind of give it some some filters to it to make it look rough and old again and kind of get that gruff voice to portray it that it'd be cool if somebody took that route and tried to like recreate that in modern times because that was what we all grew up on that was what the nfl was to us you know i agree i agree somebody on youtube is posting i i i'll send you the guy's name so that way you guys can give him a mention but he's posting the, uh, the NFL films used to do half hour uh, replays of every NFL game. And so for the entire season on Saturday afternoon, you can watch the Chicago Bears uh, highlights of NFL film style of their previous game uh, narrated by usually it was Jack Brickhouse. Uh, later years, it was Harry Callis or whatever. But, you know, it was the beautiful slow motion NFL's films, uh, photography, and they're just mythologic, making a myth out of the game and the players and so forth. And and that that transfixed me, man. That was like a religious experience for me. I I love this game, you know. And years later, you you start to learn that this this is kind of a killer game and you can really fuck people up. 
<laughs> but uh, sometimes that's the way it is in life. We, we all have this kind of primal thing within us where we need an outlet for that, you know, rah, that we all have within us. And so that's what the NFL really is at, at this day and age. I mean, there's other sports like boxing and, and WWE and all that stuff. But uh, for, for me, it's football. Uh, well, modern football. civilization has neutered most of that, you know, so it's. Exactly. We don't. We're not out, uh, you know, forging for our own food anymore, and having to do that for a living. Like, how many of us would be able to gut a deer? You know, like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Right? He'd hide in it, you know. But after he was done, <laughs> good. But like, I, I, who, who, who could, who could gut a rabbit if you had to survive? You know what I mean? So back in the day, when everyone was doing that, it was we were much more primal. We were much more manly. Mm -hmm. and um, feminine and male, or masculine, masculine and feminine. <laughs> when men were men. I, yeah. uh, I want so, to throw this in before I forget. Uh -huh. And I think we discussed this, Aldo, because I, I remember seeing Aldo, the first time he was on Channel 2 News, there was some update or something, and he had solid black hair, and it was kind of moppy. And he yeah. kind of looked like he was a little buzzed or something. I don't know, but I remember watching it. On TV. I was petrified, not buzzed. <laughs> exactly. It's so great to be here. <laughs> that's, that, that's funny because that's exactly what happened. That first, you know, I got hired at Channel 2 to be the producer for uh, a guy who is well known for people are my age, Harry Porterfield. He was at Channel 2, he was an anchor for the six o'clock news for many years. And then he was moved out of the anchor position and then Operation Push, Reverend Jackson's, Reverend Jackson's organization mm -hmm. started to protest and they were outside the TV station the, the entire time. And I just got hired to be Harry Porterfield's producer for his half hour show called Channel to the People. And so lo and behold, um, he leaves. He takes a job, and I'm thinking, holy shit, I'm going to be fucking out of a job. I I've been here three months, you know? And so like, Operation, Operation Push really started to push. They said, now we want more Latinos on the air. We want a, 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 an African-American general manager. Well, they got their wish. They brought in a guy named Jonathan Rogers, and Jonathan Rogers took a liking to me, and he said, why don't you host Harry's show? And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm terrified of being in front of the camera. He's like, well, this is how much money you'll make. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> so if you see any of that, those early episodes, man, I was awful, awful, awful. Just, you know, petrified. I was, do you, I was. Do you, have, do you have like recordings of them? Like, have you gone, if you got, if so, are you able to go back now and rewatch it? Have you ever done that? Like recently or in the last couple of years? No, they're all on VHS and I've been wanting to transfer some of them because there's some stuff uh, that would be kind of cool to see again. But I'm in no hurry, you know. I, I'll do it someday when I got some time and stuff. Right now, I'd rather be here with you guys and, and working on the barroom stuff. And I'm also doing a, a very special project with Mike North, uh, doing the story of his life. And I know a lot of people don't like Mike, and a lot of people love him. But I think that this uh, five-part series that we're doing on his life, for those people who don't like Mike or don't understand him. If you listen to the story of his life, it probably is just very similar to anyone here listening on this show. 
rough, tough, you know, family background, rough, tough neighborhood, you know, have to fight to, to get a piece of success and stuff. And we, so when you listen to him, you can see why he's kind of carved out the, the personality and the person and the man that he is. It's going to be a fascinating series, and hopefully we'll have it done in, in early July. Oh, I cannot wait for that. It's going to be fun. That's, that's a great idea. Yeah. It's, and then you'll have it ready for the um, – uh, the somebody somebody big just died, and then you, then you can just play that for him. When <laughs> I see what you're doing there. <laughs> you're conspiring together while he's still alive. Good, good That's idea. Right. It's, it's called spinoff programming, baby. <laughs> there, there was there, there was a guy in the, uh, Retro's father last week would would not believe that I wasn't Mike Norris, so we can use that for when I die too, man. <laughs> Mike Norris. <laughs> I love it, man. He, he is one of those guys. That, he's one of those guys that when, when either you love him or hate him. And I love Mike North. Yeah. Like I just, I love hearing his voice. He's a he's a Chicago classic Chicago voice. He really I is. like him because I saw him from when he was selling freaking hot dogs to today. I've yep. seen all of it from the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. So he's just a dude doing the best that he can and trying to enjoy this while he's going along. That's all of us. That's what everybody tries to do. Exactly. And he today he showed, you know, we were recording today. And so he shared a great story of he's in his early 20s and he's picking up garbage for the Chicago Park District. He's making a fairly good coin and stuff. But he sees these two chicks, you know, from his high school days walking by and he goes to hide. And he, and he says, I can't let them see me picking up garbage. So he goes to his boss and says, I can't do this, man. Uh, this is picking up garbage. That's just beneath me. And he goes, the guy put his arm around his shoulder and said, listen, you, you went uh, to the service. You were in the Marines. So I'm going to find you another better job. He gets him a job at the water plantation place, uh, uh, making three times the salary. Wow. Mike. Mike shows up and they're showing him around and all these dials and all these guys who were like 20, 30 years on the job, older than him. And he immediately said, I can't fucking do this. I can't, I can't do this. And, but the biggest thing was he was a softball player and they played their softball games at night, which was when he had to work. So he, that's Mike. He's so much loves of uh, uh, sports and being a competitor that he threw away a job that paid three times the amount at, at his normal job. So a week later, he was back to picking up garbage. <laughs> Just thinking play softball. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And he's actually now in the softball uh, Hall of Fame because of he won multiple MVP championships and things like that. But he also uh, worked with the Chicago Public School uh, District to introduce softball as one of the school's team sports in, in many high, uh, Chicago schools. So that's pretty cool. Wow, that is awesome. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I can't. I'm looking forward to that. I know yeah. that you had said to me that you were working on something special with him, but I didn't know what it was. I cannot wait for that to come out. Yeah, I, uh, we uh, we got sponsorship money, so as soon as that came out, I was like, okay, I'm in. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm gonna get paid for doing this. All right, uh, don't, getting paid for something you like to do is the best thing, right? Absolutely. You you know the uh, the um, the funeral home down there in Park Ridge, Cumberland. Yeah, the, my uh, you guys, it's right by the the. Uh, the railroad tracks there, the, the Cumberland mm -hmm. Station. Mm -hmm. That is where my great great grandfather was run over by a train walking to work. 
Oh man, I think you had mentioned that to me once. Yeah, that is a sad freaking story. With the my Cumberland. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I think um, maybe they might have. Yeah, they might have used their services back. I don't know if they were around back then. That was a long time ago, but they've been yeah, around yeah. a while. But I don't know how long. Uh, man, that had to be tragic. I mean, when you get run over by a train, I, I imagine there's pieces left, right? Oh, yeah. There there was some girls that committed suicide by me in my town growing up. They sat on the tracks, and they were, they were finding their body parts five miles down the road or down the tracks. You know, what? So I can't what? even imagine. It was a long time ago. So What the fuck did you do to those girls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They were in like uh, I, I was in high school and they were they were in like grade school, and oh, then I remember it was just like wow I can't believe they it was a double suicide on the railroad tracks. But you got you got to believe something terrible is happening to those poor girls. Yeah, but I just found it ironic you guys that the Cumberland uh, Chapel was sponsoring that the the show, and I was like wow that's that's ironic. <laughs> Small world. I know Foster's <laughs> been there a few times. I was there for my mother-in-law and my father-in-law both uh, buried there. Foster, you told me you've been there a few times. Huh? I, I unfortunately probably go there three or four times a year since the day they opened. Wow. Hey, here's a shit. bit of this is uh, future headlines. Because I told I'm all, take I a said, really quick, guys. You guys got okay. this. I'll be right back. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I said I said I'm not going to my own wake or funeral, man. Why is that? <laughs> I don't want to go to my own wake, but but you did say that you were going to go. You said in the thing that you were going, and I was like, somebody's got to show up because I ain't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hopefully it won't happen for another uh, 20, 30 years, but hell yeah, man. I'll be there for my man, Foster. And PJ, I know he's got probably another 50 years left on this planet, so you're going to outlast me, man. <laughs> well, I don't know about that one, bro, but uh, I appreciate that. Man, I, I I'm hoping to, from your from your mouth to God's ears. How about that? <laughs> I hear you. So hey, so uh, I, I, I I wanted to ask you guys a quick question if I can. Get me caught up. Uh, I caught the last 15 minutes with your last guest talking about Tevin Jenkins. So what what about what you guys think? Have you guys shared that already? And if so, can you kind of give me the you know the, the, the encapsulation of it? Go ahead, Foster. Uh, what we were discussing was the switch from positions because he's been switched around so much. So mm -hmm. we all kind of said, you know, and, and, and then we, uh, did you see the highlights or no? I mean, uh, some of the interview. Okay. So it was, it was Tevin talking about some of this literally. He's like, because it's, it's different footwork and I, and I feel pain on my knees from going the other way. Cause I haven't done it in two or three years. Am wow. I correct? PJ, if he said this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty much. I, I think, you know, he was a uh, concern about, you know, being from the right side to the left side and the challenges that you didn't have with the muscle memory because you haven't done it in that position on the left side. So now you have to sit there and you're going to have more strain on your opposite knee or whatever. And that, that was going to then cause us you some, something to be concerned with. But my, my, my concern with him is the fact that he seemed like he's always getting moved and I don't want him to be the next, Kyle Long or Cody Whitehair to where I thought both of them could have been pro bowlers annually, but because mm -hmm. of they're constantly switching positions, it kind of depleted their be them, them being able to be a perennial pro bowler. So I'm hoping that 
they can leave him there. But my fear is if we got a can't miss uh, left guard that falls in our lap next next draft. That's man, you know he's a he's a next uh, the guy from Indy, the uh, Nelson Quentin Nelson. Quentin yeah. Nelson. Yeah, if we if we got a, another guy like that, he falls in our lap. Oh well, let's get him, and now let's see if we can move Tevin to left tackle again or something like that. That's my concern there. And like I also said before, my my concern is uh, him being tall. I think you know when you have a taller guard, your defensive tackles can like get underneath them, and mm-hmm. I, I wonder how that would be for him. It definitely was an issue last season with his pass blocking. You know, as you guys mentioned uh, earlier, his run blocking was among the best in the NFL. So we know he can do that. He, and he's got that nasty streak. He'll, he'll drive the defender all the way down to turf and, and bury right. him. Uh, but the pass blocking is an issue. It is, and I think it, uh, in part is because of he's six foot six and he doesn't get those pads underneath and yeah. the footwork is not as fast. I remember when he came out of college, Danny Shimon uh, over at the bar room, his, our senior draft analyst, he said, there's no way this guy's going to play tackle in the NFL. I think I see him as a really good guard, but first his arms are too short. They're 32 and a half inches or 33 and a half inches. And you want them 34. And I'm like, half, you're talking about what half an inch. And he's like, it really does matter. And plus his height, you know, can, can give him some problems because he doesn't bend at the knees. And that's one of the things I've learned from Greg Gabriel. When you're watching offensive linemen, one of the first things you should be looking for is do they bend at the knees? Do they bend at the knees? Or is it all waste? If it's all waste, you're going to get not out of balance quickly if it's knees, then that offensive lineman has leverage. He's got balance, and, and that's going to help him um, help him out tremendously. But with Tevin, I worry about all those same things with you. Moving around, started off as tackle. That was a bad choice by the Ryan Pace era. They should have immediately put him at the guard position. And uh, moving from right to left, I read Brad Biggs talking about that when some people have told him that when you're moving from the right side of the line to the left side of the line, it's like batting right-handed and batting left-handed. You know, some people can do it and some people can't. Some people have that ambidextrotism, if that's a word, to to make that move, and some people just cannot. They are just right side or just left side. So we're going to find out if if the kid can play the left guard. See, I'm, I'm from the camp that I thought Kevin would be a great right tackle. I thought he would be a great right tackle. And I was actually hoping when we signed Nate Davis that that's what we would be doing, giving him the right tackle. So uh, I'm I'm not totally sold that he will be a forever good uh, left guard for those reasons you mentioned. Like, like I said, well, you know, he's being 6'6", and whether or not that's going to be able to translate over a 10-year, 12-year career. Good point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Cliff's Cliff says half an inch may matter, although or are you talking for Bob? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Retro throwing some great jokes in there too. Oh, you guys, you guys that guy's hilarious, man. Retro's been uh don't He's don't even very neat. It's very <laughs> neat, man. Last week Kitty was like, um, you're gonna have to put a stop to that retro guy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get him started. <laughs> I love him. Real quick, I want to jump.
I love that. It's <laughs> random trivia time. Which television network did Jay Cutler sign with after being cut from the Bears and retiring? CBA, CBS, B, NFL Network, C, Fox, D, ESPN. Hmm. Chat, what do you guys think? Who you got hold Oh, I know this, man. So oh, well, uh, I'll okay, go last. Me. All right. <laughs> Foster? Chase well, Andrews says left, CBS. They signed him to the thing, and then he went to Miami, and that was with Fox. I say ESPN. I'm going Fox. <clears throat> Chat says Dylan Prescott says C, Fox. Marcus Malter, C, Fox. Uh, Mo Beerman, C, Fox. Jay Sanders says CBS. Doug Van Dorn says C, Fox. C, Fox. Mr. Mayhem, C, Fox. I think, oh, looks, I think it's probably Fox then. No, it's not. What's the answer, Kitty? (laughs) C, Fox. C, Fox. Undefeated so far, guys. It was uh, Kevin Burkhart. He was supposed to work with Kevin Burkhart, and uh, they had done a practice broadcast. It went well enough for Fox to offer him the job. And then uh, the contract that is signed had a stipulation that if he got an offer from an NFL team, he could go and there wouldn't be any repercussions. They couldn't sue him or anything like that. Well, shit, man, he, he, he never even did a show. He signed early with the Dolphins because Adam Gase went over there. And uh, and the rest is history. Now he can't get a job in broadcasting. Nobody would trust him. <laughs> wow, man! Is he divorced <laughs> now? Yeah, he yeah. is. He's he like is. he's still the age of the quarterbacks playing. He could still go out and try to get another job in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he can't. Interviews and stuff? No, he doesn't need to go back. He's he's ruined. He's ruined his football career with doing that reality show with his wife. Now he's divorced yeah. from it's. It was a travesty. Yeah, yeah. it was a shit show. So was she a travesty? <laughs> yeah, you were watching it. <laughs> I was I, watching it, and it was painful. Absolutely, I, painful. I watched it too. But Kitty, don't you think that the best parts were when he would pop in? Absolutely. Yeah, but he made it super uncomfortable. Exactly. Because he was uncomfortable in his own skin. He didn't know what to do with his life. He didn't want to be a quarterback. He didn't want to be on reality TV. He just wanted to be a farmer and own llamas and chickens (laughs) and whatever. But hold on. So the best part was when he would pop in, huh? (laughs) Good. You and your little, your little, your little things. Keep it going, Kitty. Keep it going. Come on, talk some more about those little things. I'm not saying he's got a little thing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, the, hey, Dan, are you going to say anything over there or no? I, it's, I'm, I'm waiting for it to fuck up, up again. That's all. <laughs> 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 yeah, just, did you see what Mo Beerman wrote? He said he he posted a picture Cutler did of him uh, standing on top of a bear that he had just shot in Montana, and what, it's what like, where? Where is isn't that, that weird? Uh, yeah, Mo, Mo Beerman, uh, there he oh, is. Oh, thank you. Oh my god! Wow. No, then, that's isn't disgusting. That weird? 
a no. bear? <laughs> Why a bear and not a dolphin? <laughs> well, first off, I find it very hard to believe that Jay Cutler even know how to use a gun. <laughs> like honestly, yeah, you, you would think the bear. You would think another bear would intercept the bullet. Oh! Oh! oh. oh. <laughs> okay. Well, gentlemen, I Be here all week. To, I have to dip out because I we gotta take the, the our dogs to the vet in the morning very very early. They're having surgery and teeth cleaning, so nice. I am going surgery. to leave you. Yeah, what's they, going you know, on there? Well, no, they just they got things they have to get removed, and they have their treatment once a year, so get up super early to take them. But I just wanted to say that I appreciate everyone in chat. Thank you for tuning in. Aldo, always great to see you, and I will let you guys... All right, so now we're just shooting the shit. Bears shooting the shit. We've kind of been shooting the shit anyways. But, uh, Aldo, our dogs are just... when When they get their teeth clean, they put them down. They put them under, you know? So we just have little... Uh, fatty tumors and stuff removed so they don't get turned into something and they're going on 12 so it's like oh no like how much more time do we have left you know <laughs> my, my dog is 13 and he's got fucking tumors up and down man you, you go to pet him and you feel a lump here a lump there a lump there a lump there but we've had it checked out and they say he's fine let's not put him under or anything like that so well, yeah we just figure since they're already going under for the teeth cleaning it's like might as well just do it you know yeah it makes sense. <laughs> All the yeah. North are like paw bears. They drop the casket. Well, <laughs> 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 so, what would be your advice to a young guy or an older person, for that matter, uh, wanting to start out in this business? How do you? I mean, because one one thing I enjoy about you uh, watching you is how you were able to have the different connections you do, being able to interview a whole lot of different people what would be your advice well i think you know uh number one you you ask yourself you know what do i want to become what do i want to do most what what is it that i like and then once once you've identified what you want to be so if you want to be somebody in front of the camera uh doing interviews hosting shows uh if you want to do that then the best advice that i can give you is to watch others do it and then make it your own style don't try to imitate anybody else you know you immediately start to get the audience starts to get a sense that "Eh, this guy doesn't sound authentic to me and that's the key thing you want people who are authentic you look at a guy like we were talking about mike north before that guy was authentic chicago sports fans loved him because he would take uh, management or players who weren't playing well, he would take them to task. That's how his interviews started. A lot of people would hang up on him. And so they went through uh, through the trouble of, of bringing in, and it's not an easy thing to bring in the president of the Chicago Bears. And one minute into the interview, the guy is hanging up on Mike North. Wow. It, it, if I'm the producer, I'm going to be pissed off at Mike. But yeah. the audience, they're like, yeah. Fucking, you told him, Mike. You told him. Right. So it was a very risky thing for him to do. I would have fucking bitched out, Mike. I worked fucking months to get that fucker out. <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out being a great thing for Mike. And so that's what I would I would share with anyone. You know, if you want to do this, be yourself. 
be authentic, see how other people do it, take what you like, throw away what you don't like, and, and, and make it yours, make it your style. Um, and, uh, and hopefully that's good enough to attract uh, listeners and viewers. That's, that's, you, you said it to me a long time ago, just uh, build your own brand, build your own brand. I think that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You you reminded me about um, Mike North and just fuck you and you're, you're like we do that a lot with uh, PJ around here. On, uh, <laughs> BCP. <laughs> uh, the forced Irish fuck off. <laughs> Only on BCP, brother. <laughs> we, and we don't care who it is. He just threw like our spot one of the guests off the show for saying something. Why is here, man? You know, no favorites. Ah, I love it. <laughs> it was, it was uh, Walt. Uh, we, uh, PJ asked him uh, when or how long he's how to become a Bears fan. He's like, well, in 2017, I was I was a Niners I was a Niners fan, and we went to a, a Bears Niners game in Soldier Field, and then I became a Bears fan. I was like, oh fuck, I pulled him out. Like, We're done with that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. That was a great little story, though, man. I mean, seriously. Was that the guy you just had on uh, prior to me? Okay. Because I got to tell you, that guy was, like, so confident about Tevin Jenkins. I I don't see Tevin Jenkins being a a Pro Bowl player this upcoming season. I mean, when he said that, I did some quick research. Here are guys that I think are better guards uh, than Tevin Jenkins now. No, no disputing that he played very, very well last season, particularly in the run game. But the Cowboys, Zach Martin, Chris Lindstrom, the kid from the Packers, Elton Jenkins, Shaq Mason, Brandon Schreff, uh, uh, the the uh, Lions have a kid named uh, Jonah Jackson who could be as good or better. I mean, I got a list of 10 names here that are likely to be, get more Pro Bowl votes or or Pro Bowl votes than Tevin Jenkins, and mm. that 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 injury history really makes him a suspect player to count on. He mm. has got to show up for all seventeen games this season, or or at least sixteen. You know, mm. if he doesn't do that after what he's missed in his first two seasons in the league, I can't see how you can trust going forward with him. He's a phenomenal talent. He's got great potential, but. He, there's still things to work out with his pass blocking, as we mentioned before, and with his injury history, uh, there, there's some concerns there. And then when he was coming out of college, there were questions about his football intelligence, his football character. Does he really love the game? Does he really want to do what's best for the team and stuff like that? Right. And so maybe th- those are some of the mystery things that have happened with him and the present Bears management. I don't but know. He, but you and know, in his 11 starts, he had only – allowed two sacks and 12 pressures it's fucking awesome yeah yeah so I, awesome. so I i see where walter was coming from with his his, his analogy i mean I, I don't know about pro bowl i mean uh all pro yet but i i think there's a possibility he can he can make pro bowl but he has to do like you said he has to be able to be there for 16 to 17 games stay exactly. healthy and so yeah I, I but i do see the potential there yes I'm but everything see. everything you just said, Aldo, is almost based on if he was playing right guard again. We don't even know what the hell he's going to do at left guard. That That so. is a huge concern, you know. Uh, and, and a lot of people right now are saying the best guard on the team is Nate Davis because he's going to be playing the right guard, the position he's always played, and the guy 
who was your best right guard. You're moving into left guard, a position I don't think he even played in college. I think his all his snaps were either left tackle or right tackle. I think he played a little oh, right yeah. tackle in college. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, what do you think about, with the injury history, changing positions? Do you think that it's going to do nothing but add to it because now he's going to be thinking too much? That's yeah, kind of I, a concern, too. I I would I, I I doubt we'll ever see him at the tackle position unless, like you guys said earlier, uh, it's an emergency situation. We know he's played it a lot in college, and so if your your every tackle is down, including your backup tackle, you can move him outside, move Cody to the guard position, bring in Lucas Patrick, whatever the formula is. But I don't think you'll ever see him full time as a tackle because uh, of partially that length and, and partly because I think he works better in that phone booth that, that guards work in as opposed mm-hmm. to that wide open space uh, of, of, uh, of a tackle. He could prove me wrong, uh, but I, I think that's the kind of the prevailing opinion. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's going anywhere but guard. Yeah. yeah. I love the guy, and I love his attitude. I love the fact that he, he will take a defender and bury him into the ground. He's got that mean spirit. You want offensive linemen like that? Still keep their composure. Don't get stupid penalties. But he's got that mean streak. He's got that attitude. I want to protect he's my a quarterback. Prick. Yeah. Uh, and I think the offensive line this season is is um, better than it's been probably in a few seasons. Oh, and by the way, I, I you, you guys probably mentioned this earlier. Um, but uh, Cody Whitehair said that he thinks it's good for Kevin to move to left guard. He says because in the NFL, you need to be versatile. And the more positions you can play, left or right guard, it is for your longevity in the league. And it better is for a team in case injuries happen and you have to move back to the right guard or back to the left guard and stuff. So Cody sounded, uh, you know, like it wasn't going to be an issue for the kid. Yeah. You're awfully quiet tonight, Foster. Dude, it's been a long week. I've got I've been I've been just stacked from five thirty in the morning until like eight o'clock every day. I, I got so much stuff going on. I'm just I, I'm tired, man. So I'm I'm this is a great break for me because everything that's going on is pretty stressful. So I really that's that's how it all started. Although that's how I found you guys, man. Ah, I love situation. it. Situation. Yeah, I think I think the and, bug. And I was listening to until I got stuck in a position where. Every Tuesday night, I could sit there and have the phone and laugh with you guys, man. Like two, <laughs> two and a half years, so I love that's where it, I'm man. at now. I, I know I'm kind of quiet. I just stuff going on. I'm just taking it all in because I've heard a lot of stuff that I haven't really even kind of paid attention to lately because I got mm-hmm. so much going on, man. Yeah. Like I said, I was happy to have an hour today to look at Tevin Jenkins and some stuff. So let me let me ask you one question, Foster, real quick. Yeah. Does this calmness remind you of like when you were? On Noah's Ark, and all the rain was coming down. I mean, does Thomas remind you that? Hell no, that was a tough ride, man. The fucking waves and all those animals with the shit all over the place. No way. I this any day. Back then, he had long, wavy hair. It must have been heavy with all the rain. <laughs> Somebody said, "No, I scotch guard that." Somebody in this chat said that the other week. When I had hair, I would scotch guard it to save it. Didn't work. You know, to, to piggyback off of what Foster just said, uh, Aldo, like you, he, I, I'm right there with him. Like I, I fell in love with the barroom and that became like my, my favorite podcast to watch you and Dan. Yep. And it was 
just it was awesome because it was long and I got to sit here while I was working and listen to it. And I was like bummed when it was over, you know, mm. and uh, it's amazing that we became friends and the inspiration that I got from you was, was really what pushed this forward for me to start this. So that's why I call you the Podfather because that's, if I didn't like have your podcast to get me through my day and like finally give me the inspiration to do it, it um thank you man you are an inspiration to everyone to thank you, a lot of people you have a lot of fans everyone in here is all fans of yours what, what about you Peach? because i met pj pj and i've been talking for like three years on your damn shows mm -hmm. or two and a half at least mm -hmm. i mean what how did you go ahead Peach? well i think anxious to hear. for for me um i think i first started watching the uh bar room when uh, Phil and Shane and then was doing the yeah. they was talking about the Bears game right after the Bears game oh, cool. yeah if, I, if if I'm not mistaken uh they were showing like clips of the game and then breaking it down and that to me was something that you don't you don't really get a chance to see a lot of you know mm -hmm. someone actually breaking down the film and Phil did a good job of that and then when I started watching you and uh um Dan Aguirre. Mm -hmm. I, lo I love that segment you guys have and how it like just, it reminds me of two guys talking in a bar room, just yeah. sitting down, talking football, oh. which, which carryovers into life, which just talks about things in general. And it's like, you just guys hanging out. And I was like, you know what? That's what I really like. There's just yeah. to be able to see that or be a part of that. And, hanging out, talking football, which you can branch off into other things, but it's all centered around that football. So that's what that's what I really enjoy about that. And I appreciate you putting that content out there. So that's what got me involved in wanting to do this because of watching that, that type of atmosphere. I was like, you know what? That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. If I, if I would have known, I could have just DM'd you at the time, been like, hey, can I come on, Dan? Can I come on, Dan and Elder will bear their souls and be on, you know, 10 shows with you? <laughs> you know what, what what pj is saying is interesting because with, with the dan and all those shows you know sometimes uh it's in the the beginning of the day okay i gotta do this show what should we talk about i start to get a little nervous are we gonna have enough to talk about and then i come back to reality and say it's fucking dan I, you know, I, I can just listen to Dan talk for two and a half hours. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, he he he's got such incredible recall. He's got that great voice. He's got that fascinating personality. I mean, he's he's quirky in so many different ways. You know, with right. his relationship with women and and his love of music and his encyclopedia knowledge of the Bears and stuff. So he really is, is, is the great guy there. And, and that's what I like to do. I like to ask the questions, you know, I'm usually not on, on this end of stuff, answering questions, right. uh, but uh, I, I like to kind of provoke conversations. And, and, right. and sometimes when we have people, I like to provoke uh, debates too, you know, try to figure out what does this guy agree with and what does this guy disagree with and then let them go at it. And I just sit back right. <laughs> eating popcorn, you know? <laughs> you do a good job of that though. You do a real good that's job. Not I mean, just because I even enjoy your interviews with a gay, Greg Gabriel. I thought, mm -hmm. I think those are just great, man. I'd be like, man, you know, because he 
having that experience and being, you know, working with the Bears and having all that vast experience, it gives you like kind of behind the scenes things of what goes on and that mm-hmm. that's very insightful. So I mean, I can never, I never catch it live because it's, you know, early in the morning for me. But right. uh, so I'm like, yeah, but I, I, I always watch it every week, and I'm like, man, that's pretty nice, man. So shout but out I to always you for that. Greg from the time he, when he worked for the Bears. I knew what a great job he did then. So mm-hmm. it's, it's great to hear his insight on your channel with you. Awesome. Yeah, and it's been great because we we're starting to get friendlier and friendlier towards one another. And so he starts, you know, to share some stories, you know, that I can't uh, necessarily talk about publicly. Uh, but I'm trying to get him to a point because I think he can share some of these things publicly um, because you know he's he's careful. He's got a lot of great relationships in the of NFL, and so they're he, they're sharing private information with him. And so he's got to be careful about what he shares. And so uh, he doesn't want to ruin any of those relationships. He's a man of his word and stuff. But, I, you know, he's he's going to be 72, and I, I'm telling him, hey, how much longer you got, man? Come on. <laughs> hey, come on. You, can, you can't take this shit to the grave with you. <laughs> You'll be here another 20 days. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but, but, but hey, see, wait, real quick. PJ, man, who are you paying off? There's good shit in the chat about you. Well, you know, my, <laughs> my, my, my wallet is fat. Again or, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. PJ, size matters when it comes to water, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Foster. Holy shit. <laughs> But no, Aldo, I fucking need a refill. <laughs> that was all that straight vodka, Aldo. <laughs> At least but it's he, not an A going into my computer again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did that before. Yeah, he did. That I, I heard. But, but yeah, Aldo, I just think that you know the way you, I guess you position because I watch how you position your guests. You like position when you interviewing them to sit up there. Seem like you're setting them up for the next question. And then mm-hmm. we got more than one guest on, like you said, you put them in a position to where now they kind of going against each other. And I watch how you do that. It is like you do it with a straight face. And I'm saying to myself, I see what he did there. <laughs> I see what he did there. Oh, the, Bear Debate. the Bear Debate is such a great show. Yeah. I got to resurrect such a great that one. show. Yeah, you, you, know, have you, know, to, you have to try to resurrect that one. Yeah. And, you know, part of what I like to do too uh, is try to, tell a story during the interview. And so I try to figure out, okay, what's the best way to tackle this subject with the person that I'm interviewing? You know, let's start at the beginning, go to the middle and then find the ending. But sometimes it's more interesting to start with the ending first and work your way backwards. How did you get to this, you know, solution? So I was trying to think about storytelling because that's really what all we're doing here. We're, we're telling stories about Tevin Jenkins, our opinions and so forth, but trying to make it all, you know, almost like a movie, like you're watching a movie. And uh, and, and that's part of the fun part of the job. Uh, I, I think, you know, we all recognize that now that we're doing this, we're in the storytelling business. And mm-hmm. we keep that in mind. It, it makes it more entertaining for fans. Do you ever yeah, find I mean, you... I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm just saying, like, when I first got started with this, it was just uh, you just don't know what to do. You're just kind of doing your own thing and then you start to figure it out and then once Mm -hmm. you you know you get help from people like you 
and me mentoring because I've been paying attention to you, you know, working with you for almost the last year mm -hmm. <laughs> now. So it's like uh, paid a lot of attention to you and there's a lot that, that's been valued from that. So that's why you are um, the podfather, man. Seriously. Thank you, man. Thank you. So uh, what you were, PJ, you were going to ask something? Yeah, I was going to say, so because I see you how, you know, like you said, you, you'll sit up there and do these things. But do you ever find yourself trying to curve people's opinions or curve people's thoughts? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, it happens a lot with, with Dan because I like to introduce some conflict. You know, that's part of the storytelling aspect. Mm -hmm. You know, tr try to... Every 10, 15 minutes when you're doing an interview, where you're talking a show, try to introduce some conflict because all of a sudden you get people going like this and listening a little closer because it's a natural instinct. You know, you see an auto accident, you slow down. That, that's the conflict of one car hitting another. You you're, you hear people are having an argument at the table next to you when you're at dinner. You start to, you know, like, what are they talking about? Oh, yeah, you fuck some other girl. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and so... Uh, I, I'm always looking for an opportunity to create a little conflict. And sometimes w when I do it with Dan, it backfires and, and he gets yeah. really sensitive about stuff. And I'm yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah. I opened up a can of worms here. <laughs> but did you see what I did there? Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Gotta watch it with him, man. You know, with with Dan, he was on the show the last couple of weeks, and just he comes in and it's just like, "Hello, everybody. It's just so great to be here, and uh, thank you for having me." You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, nobody else talk. He's got, <laughs> he's got the stage, you know. Yeah, he's got yeah. that that amazing voice with his amazing microphone, you know, mm -hmm. professional setup. Yeah. Like Dan, why don't you ship one of those to us? <laughs> but you know what though, Aldo's voice is uh, good too. It's, Aldo Aldo has more like that. Uh, what's that one old? Uh, uh, is it uh, Elliot? Sam Elliot? Is that his name? Played yeah. in like um, yeah. Shit, um, I, I don't, I don't sound like Sam Elliott. No, it's the guy who played. You guys ever see uh, the guy that played his sister? Blade, Blade. <laughs> you guys see Blade, right? Uh, I, I miss Blade with Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah, I missed it. Chris, Chris, Christopherson. Oh wow! Look that, at that. that. Kind of that raspy voice there. Yeah, you, yeah. You got yeah. like when you uh, we got you in our opening, and you uh, say that. Yeah. And you got that little, uh, you got that little raspiness to it, and it's like bears country. <laughs> there is it. Yeah, right. I do this. I do this. Bears country. <laughs> Where is it? It's right fucking here, although. What are you blind? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you, should edit, you should edit that in. Yeah, absolutely, man. Oh no, I have to get your uh for for because the the we I have you you have to go back and rewatch the opener if you haven't seen it, Aldo, because it, it's kind uh, of the it's kind of a montage. Not in the last three, four weeks. I don't think I have. So when we're done with the show tonight, just tomorrow, just just watch the opener, and uh, so it's it's a montage to the beginning of the opener that you made, and then it record scratches into the you're down with PC, you're down with OPP kind of yeah song, yeah I love uh, it track. I love it. But then everyone's saying you're down with BCP individually, and then it's all collectively you're down with BCP together. So I need to get you to go. You done with BCP? 
PCP. I said PCP. <laughs> I know you said PCP. I, I did that once, man. That was not a good time. I won't talk. I'll so my, my next question for you. Hold on. It says you die with BCP moment. Give us your best. You die with BCP, Aldo? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to do a close-up or just right there? I just need the audio to add to the oh, opener. Gotcha. You down with... <laughs> you down with BCP? I'm down with BCP. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 that's too much. Okay. I have to add it to everybody's everybody's collage of just, you down with BCP? Okay. You down with BCP? Perfect. Right. Two minutes, 31 seconds. Fucking pod father. <laughs> so my next question for you. Every guest that comes on, I'm getting that, and I'm adding it to the opener for like the. It. That's a great idea. So, cool. Aldo, when you have, because you have this big, expansion of uh, different shows that you're going through when you have conflict with the hosts or the people on it how do you go about resolving it and still keep your show flowing this is turning into oprah so <laughs> you're talking about <laughs> the conflicts in the show or you're talking about behind the scenes stuff like behind the scenes and how do you like resolve that and still be able to put out a good product yeah well, hell, man, you know, the truth is, is that sometimes I've not been able to resolve it. You know, we, we've had uh, some of it as public knowledge. We've had some fights before. Uh, we had a, a woman working with us who didn't get along with Phil and Shane, and that got kind of ugly. And we were, you know, I was I was literally in tears during that stage because I thought what I had built up at the barroom was going to fall apart. There was one guy in particular on social media who was trying to do whatever he could possibly do to destroy us because he didn't like us. We made jokes about him on the old Hunter Proof show and stuff. And so uh, dealing with those personalities behind the scenes and the fighting that uh, commenced and continued. And I'm the type of person where I, I'll go to people, listen, what do you want me to do? Because frankly, I think that the best thing is for you to solve this problem with them. Keep right. me out of it. I mean, we're all adults, right? Right, right. But at certain points, that can't happen. And so that you then, I then uh, stepped in, mediated things, and things were good for a while. But, it, you know, it's just these personalities didn't clash. And if I can be totally frank, you know, Phil Atoshin, very, very talented, incredibly talented. Um, and very knowledgeable about football, but he has a very strong uh, personality and it's his way or not. And he's got uh, some of the same issues that I have with anxiety. And if you don't get things done right away that he requests, he, he starts getting nervous and stuff and he becomes, he doesn't ask nicely and stuff. And so that was some of the stuff that was happening behind the scenes. And then the other person that was, was involved had some, uh, their own uh, personality quirks. And so at a certain point, you know, it's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm doing this more out of love and passion than I am uh, because, you know, I, I'm looking for riches. And so for me, it was it was then easy to, you know, say goodbye to those people, despite the fact that it did cost friendships. And so that was 
that was very difficult for me to deal with because I thought the friendships were more important than the business aspects, but that wasn't to be. And so we just move on. The, the, I'm very, very lucky that, you know, I've got guys like you. I've got guys like Danny Shimon, Neil Stopchinsky, other people who want to fill that void, other people who, you know, that I can help and have that working relationship and friendship that is my number one priority right now because God has blessed me with uh, s some financial safety that I don't have to be thinking about, you know, uh, how, how can I make a dollar? It's fun to make a dollar. Fuck, right. it helps pay the bills. But that's not my number one priority right now. But see what I, that's, I, I, what that's I, why me and all the married girls from Resurrection. I'm <laughs> you, got, you got that right. <laughs> see, what I'm able to see you do, though, is even through those different challenges that you have, you're still able to put consistently a good product out. Consistently. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you don't let those hiccups, as they were, stop the show. It's like the show must go on and you do a good job of still maintaining the show and able to put out a good product. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. You know, and I got uh, to be totally honest. There have been times where I've been fucking, I don't want to do a show tonight, you know, but I, I have. I yeah, <laughs> probably, you know, I feel like it's an, it's an obligation. And, it, and it's also like, you know, I do have a little bit of social uh, anxiety issues. And so I, I, you know, I, I don't leave the house often. I don't intermingle a lot often because I get a little nervous and stuff. And so it, it, I'll get those same flutters before I appear on any show, whether it's mine or this one, I get the same flut flutters. What am I going to say? You know, uh, are people going to find out that I really don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but and then it, it happens and all of that goes away. And now I'm just having fun. And when this is over, I'm going to be thinking about it tonight. I'll be thinking about it tomorrow. I'll be telling people, go watch this show and stuff, because this is so such a fucking blast. You know, this is my 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 social time. This is me really at the bar. I'm here at the bar with Foster PJ and Mr. Shorty. I'm having a great fucking time. And that was what was so awesome about the interaction with bringing you know starting this bringing the the channel to the bar room and broadcasting from there and you know making friends with you and everyone from the bar room and then you know to that same thing i missed it you know it was i missed doing this thing too you know myself and here we are like i'm came back here and i i feel that same kind of relief that you know you were talking about just now you're having fun literally this is like now I almost, it's like, I, I just, I'm having fun, like just, just focusing on this, but I, I've also prioritized my life differently now. Got and you, it's man. like, it's, so now I'm just doing this for fun. And this is mm -hmm. when you, when you're doing it for fun, exactly. it's just, you're just having fun. Exactly. And then exactly. everything, who gives a shit any, after that, yeah, you know? Right. Yeah. You end up sometimes you end up doing better work, and then all of a sudden the money starts coming, and it's like, wow, you know, th this is this is really fucking cool. But if you spend a lot of time plotting about, you know, let me do this for money, let me, uh, you know, and you put that pressure on you, that's that's what that's why I let left uh, my corporate job. I was making a hell of a lot of money between what my wife and I were making. We were making a lot of fucking money, more money than I ever imagined uh, uh, my household making. And right. so when I left, you know, God bless her. She said, do whatever you want, do whatever makes you happy. She saw me go through some panic attacks, you know, um, 
uh, I saw Retro uh, put up on the, in the chat that, you know, uh, he, he, he gets a little anxious too when he's got to leave the house, but some of us have to go to jobs. And so that's the motivation. I totally get it, man. Yeah. I, I'll tell you a quick story. I was, when I worked, I worked at McDonald's, I was the head of their uh, burger, burger line. <laughs> yes, I was I was the chief burger inspector. <laughs> the first one in line at, at, every day. The first one in line exactly, and the last one out. <laughs> uh, I I worked with the the producers there for a lot of the internal programming, and um, my boss. Every time we had to videotape the chief executive officer, the CEO, he wanted me there because he had a certain level of confidence that I would do it right, that I knew you know, what to say, keep my mouth shut when I needed to keep my mouth shut, make sure that the video looks good. He, he, and so he was always, well, at one point, I was fucking working my ass off, man, doing 80, 90 hour weeks and stuff. And he gives me a call on my only day off on Sunday. He says, oh, man, something big just happened. They want to videotape the CEO tomorrow. And I need you there at 6 a.m. to get the crew set up and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, man, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. So that morning, I wake up at 4.30, get washed up, get into the car. And as I'm fucking driving to McDonald's corporate office. I had a fucking panic attack, man. I was just like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? I had to pull over. The cops came. Hey, are you all right? I go, I'll be all right in a little while. And I called my boss up and said, man, I can't do it. I can't do it. And uh, he goes, oh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't know I was, it was working. It like your chest cutting? Like you were like. Yeah, I felt like out of breath, uh, you know, uh, like I was having a heart attack. But I knew it was a panic attack because I have had a couple before and I learned what the triggers were and 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 uh, the symptoms were and stuff like that, but man, that was the day that I said I got to start figuring out a way to get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> uh, while I had a lot of fun on the job, you know that that job was was great because we worked hard, but we also played hard. I mean, we would go to Vegas and. I knew every fucking stripper's name. <laughs> so that's I mean, because, you know, watching you, I mean, I, I, I see you. And I, <laughs> Wait, let's laugh about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you sure, PJ, you, you do see him? Mar Mar <laughs> they, were, they were all named Martha and Ruth. <laughs> yes. And, uh, <laughs> Helen. <laughs> but, but when I see you talk about other, like, podcasts, it's like you seem to harbor no animosity towards, like, Phil or anyone else and seem like you welcome them, you know, you welcome talking about them with open arms. And that encourages me to want to even watch your show more because, you know, sometimes you'll watch a podcast and, you know, they'll talk negative about a different podcast. And you're like, mm -hmm. okay, I don't want to tune in to watch and hear that stuff. So that mm -hmm. turns me off from wanting to watch you, but you, mm -hmm. you, 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 you don't do that. You're more like you're, even if you don't say glowing reviews, you don't like throw people names in the mud that I've seen. I ain't, I mean, I can't say I watch every show of yours, but sure. From what I've seen, I've never seen you do that. And that makes me go, you know what? I know they had some type of issue going on, but guess what? I'm not saying it and he's not bringing it up. I'm cool with that because I, I you know, we're all old enough to realize you're not going to always get along with everybody. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, so you're not. So like you have your differences, but you're able to have those differences, still put out a good product, still be able to say some positive things and go on from it. And that's encouraging 
And I, I appreciate that about you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that uh, that you, you you say that. You know, my my feeling about it with those two particular guys, Phil and Shane, we had a, I think it was about a five-year relationship where we did some fucking phenomenal work. It was so much fun, you know, laughing for hours and, 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 and talking football and Phil's uh, musical abilities and Shane's quick wit. And I added what I added. We, we, I, you know, we did something that I was proud of. And uh, when it came to a head and we separated, uh, they were angry at me, and I was angry that their anger uh, made them not want to talk to me. I was I was no longer their friend, and that hurt me because I really cared about their families, about them, and, and so forth. And the business disagreements was one uh, a, a different thing that I can compartmentalize and say that's over there. Okay. But unfortunately, they they didn't look at it that way. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to harbor any anger to them. Because when we did the 100 Proof show, part of the charm, for lack of a better way of saying it, part of the charm of the show is that we used to fucking uh, wolf on everybody. You know, we would make fun about everybody. And so if they're making fun about me or they're talking shit about me, I would be a fucking hypocrite to be taking them, trying to take them down. You know, I would actually reach out to some of the people that we made fun of. And I would say, hey, man, it's all a joke. It's all a joke. And they were like, oh, fuck you. I don't want to talk with you guys. But, you know, I was just trying to get them to realize that we're just it's a locker room type. It was a locker room type show. We were busting balls and stuff. And so uh, if they're busting my balls now, that's fine. I can take it. And uh, we move on. Yeah, that, uh, when Greg was on the show too, that was uh, another uh, outstanding uh, time that uh, uh, that I really value a lot. When Greg started with us, you know, I mean, he didn't he didn't know shit about broadcasting, and but he he's a very very fucking talented guy, and he's got a really great persona that he's developing. We talked about brand, you know, he's got that great brand where he's a bricklayer Bears fan, you know, yeah. and yeah. Uh, he's he's marketing that and and that's sensational. And he comes, he's he's I've met his wife and his kid, and I and you know I have nothing but admiration and, and respect for for what uh, Greg has been building. Cool. cool. He's probably built a. Had got a lot of jobs just out of that, for, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bricklaying jobs. Yeah, bricklayers, yeah. <laughs> I wish I was still roofing. Woodwork, dude. You are just you, you. forgot to put your bowl of food down on the floor. <laughs> uh... <laughs> like, like you, like you did a couple weeks ago. So I, I heard it too because I, I said something and he goes under his breath. He goes. Fucker. Oh, the steak burrito. When I ate the steak burrito, you fucker. I heard that. <laughs> Just because I ate a steak burrito, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I mean, so, was, it, so, was it from uh, Burrito King? Yes. That's why you said oh. you fucker. Under your breath. It was real light. Like, you could barely hear it. There's a burrito pause, King. and you just hear Dan going, fucker. Fucker. Yeah, so what, what I find myself it. doing, That's Aldo, exactly what he said. Doing the is I, I uh, watch a whole different. A whole bunch of different podcasts, be it TTNL, be it Nomad Live, be it, mm-hmm. be it uh, your show, Greg, uh, yeah. all these different things. And, you know, I'll be watching and I, I, because I think there's a big thirst for Bears content. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of people love the Bears. And so we all, because I see the chat and there's a lot of different people in, that'll be in this chat, that'll be in your chat, 
being TTNL's chat, being Nomad's chat. I mean, I've been seeing all these different people. I'm mean, the same kind of group of people in here, and it's like, man, there, there's a thirst for Bears content. Yes, and there is. You, you started it, and I see how it's branching off from what you started, and that's pretty impressive. Well, I mean, Foster, I think we need to remove ourselves so that uh, PJ can have a moment. <laughs> it's a love affair. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need some like some some. Wait, let me wait, let me find some love music. Hold on. There you go. Just the two of us. But Just the, the two of us. PJ, I gotta tell you that the respect goes right back at you because it, it is you know like with this show, I see all of these great comments and questions that we should probably try to address before we you know get out of here, but that's part of the show right you right. know the, the comments and the yes. great insights and the great questions i'm doing a show with greg gabriel tomorrow and one of the reasons i love doing that show is because there are so many questions for greg i mean i can come in i can roll out of bed and do greg gabriel have a couple of questions and then the rest yeah. of the show is all the questions yeah. and the comments right. i love doing that show well by the way we have uh, jason mckee uh former bears uh fullback on with Greg tomorrow at 11 a.m. Central. Ooh. Yeah. Jason McKee, number That's 37. Right. That's him. Yeah. That's yeah. him. Uh, yeah. We got, should we get these questions? He's going to be like, the whole show is going to be like, Brother G. Brother G. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me talk to you about this, Brother G. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love how he says that. <laughs> yeah, he's, good. he's a good guy. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the questions here. All right. Yeah, we got some here. questions here in, in the. Uh, one of them. Somebody, somebody, a lot of them. There's some comments too that are good. Here's one right here. Wait. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm doing this backwards, guys. So look, look, look what happens when I give yeah. Foster uh, co host control. Answer that one. Aldo. Crystal, yeah, well, you know, he's doing a. <laughs> This what he's doing. He's he's really not this stupid. He's just doing this for comedic effect. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love you, Foster. Are All you right, sure I about that? Because I don't even know. Hey, Aldo, this this is this is how Foster runs chat. <laughs> and then and then and then he'll go to the beginning of the show and pull out something like this. <laughs> like pull out like uh got my notifications on or you know and i'm like trying to turn shit off to do a segment i'm like where the fuck is this even on oh it's two hours ago <laughs> i i you know what i find myself doing that too sometimes i'm listening to the conversation and i want to throw some comments on and then i'll go back and look at it and say man i, I was getting those comments off before anybody could humanly read them it's like <laughs> But somebody it's asked like, about my prediction for, for the season. Yeah. To finish your to finish your sense real quick, because you you see so many good good ones, you're like, oh that one, oh that one, oh that one, oh that one. But you're like exactly out exactly. to ten, out to ten. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So. Hey, I I got a surprise for you guys. Um, what BCP is saying eleven and six? Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm actually saying uh, fourteen and three. Oh, all those been hanging out with Shay. <laughs> I don't know what Shay says, but if he says 14 and three, I'm with him. I look at the schedule and I look at how this team is developing, and I really do think that they can 
win 14 games this season. I think. Look at can. all the homers coming out this year. Yeah, it is. How about it, man? It is. So, um, so what three losses you got as a having? Here, let me. Sorry, I, I, sorry, I got what, what three yeah, losses yeah, yeah. do you have as a having? Oh, okay. Well, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs game, right? Right. That's a no-brainer. Uh, oh, beautiful schedule. Look at this. So but this is your... we collectively did this with like five of us, and we came up with the majority wins. So mm -hmm. this was like J2K, I think Matt Kedro, Foster, PJ, and I. I think that was us, right? Or I think Triple R was doing it too with us. And so we came up with this collectively as, you know, if, if it was three of us said a win and two of us said a loss, we had, we chose a win, right? So okay. go ahead. That's cool. That makes sense. Um, yeah. I well, I got the I got the Bears winning uh, against Green Bay in the opener. There's no way that Jordan Love, with his you know, with all the off season turmoil, with all the drama, uh, he's never he's never had you know a, a complete game where he looked. He's only had one complete game start, and he played terribly under 200 yards passing. I just don't think he's going to come in here and do any of the things that Aaron Rodgers would do with the Packers. And so that has to be a victory. That will be one of the most disappointing losses in Bears history, in my opinion, if the Bears lose week one against the Packers. Me too. <laughs> yes. At home. The only yeah. way I, I, exactly. Lose that is if they win seven, 16 in a row after that. Yeah, I'll take that. Fuck that. <laughs> That's about the only way, man. Yeah. Yep. That has to be a win. Right. Then the schedule gets tougher because now you're going to the Bucks. But I, I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. The, I think the bigger problem there could be the heat, you know. But we're just coming off a training camp where these guys have been yep. out in the, uh, Chicago's heat. we got to go to Tampa Bay and win that game. Mm -hmm. And that, and then the game against the Chiefs has to be a loss. And especially if they get DeAndre Hopkins because I read that today. It's like Hopkins is negotiating with the Chiefs. What the fuck is that about? How does a team that has so many superstars, how can they afford another one? Right. I don't know how that works. Man. I'll take a pay cut to go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They are. They are. I don't know how they do that shit, especially with the contract Mahomes has got. I know, man. Wow. And they're even talking about ripping up his contract to give him more money because now he's falling down to the fourth or fifth highest paid quarterback, which to me is stupid. You sign a fucking 10-year oh contract, oh, stick shit. to it. You knew that was going to happen. Come on. He's gonna exactly. end up. He's gonna end up owning part of Kansas City at this rate. I hear you. I hear you. The team uh, and the city, right? So then they come back home against the Broncos. Shit, we're gonna beat the fuck out of Russell Wilson, and uh, I might be there for that game. Uh, but whatever, that's that's to me is a win. So right now we're four one, and then we got that short turnaround. We got to fly to Washington to play the Commanders. And I think the Commanders are actually going to be a good team, but I think it's going to take them a while to get there. I really think that Eric Bieniemy is going to do wonders for that offense, but they're not going to be ready to, to beat the Bears in Washington on Thursday. I, I have to double-check to see who the Commanders played the week before to, be, to feel a little bit more confident about that. But I'm feeling that the Bears are on a run now, and they're going to be 5-1 and one at this point. And I think that they're going to beat the Vikings twice this season. And I think they're going to split with the Lions. And so that's the, the Lions loss in Detroit will be their second loss. And then the, 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 uh, the third loss that I had uh, was, uh, where is it? Um, I, I have them losing a, a game. Oh, it's, it's it, just like you guys have, the Browns at, at yeah. Cleveland. Yeah. 
So the only game, let's see, you've got them losing against the Chargers and the Saints. I, I, I have them winning those two games. Mm, I have I love them it. Yeah. Now, oh, I love it. The, the, the only question I got about that Lions loss, because I, I actually said I thought we would beat the Lions because – Both games? The, the, that first one where okay. we got that loss is because, if I'm not mistaken, I think we're coming off a mini buy. Am I right? One, two, three. Yeah, because the Panthers game is um, on the Thursday, right? Correct. So we're going to have ten days before we play that Lions, and we're playing them at home. I'm thinking we can win that game. That's mm-hmm. that's that's what I was thinking. If I'm if I'm not because I see they got us at home on both games on these Lions. I think that's the one we're at home. I at forgot Thursday. to put I forgot to put an at at that one because yeah that. One. Well, the Lions' loss that we collectively came up with was in Detroit, so that's in, oh, Detroit. in Detroit. But still, yeah. ten days off. I think we got a good chance to win that one. Yeah, it seemed like we played pretty well after a uh, mini mini buy. Everything's going to change after the first game, anyways. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you exactly. see this team on the board, you'll know what we got or have an idea. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you know, a lot of my um, optimism falls on the continuity of Justin Fields having the same offensive system, uh, the fact that he's got a true number one wide receiver in DJ Moore. And, you know, I know it's only OTAs, but some of the reports and some of the video that we've seen uh, of that connection that he's establishing with Moore is fantastic. I think Cole Komet is going to have a huge season. You know, tight ends, it usually takes a while to learn the offense, learn the pass routes, learn the blocking assignments. And you've seen the steady progression. And he had seven touchdown catches last year, and I think that put him at like fourth or fifth most of tight ends in the NFL. That's a hell of an accomplishment, and particularly when you're talking about a team that needed him blocking as often as they as he, as he had to. Yeah. So I, I think that connection with uh, with uh, Cole Komet is really going to explode big time. The fact that we have uh, Chase Claypool, and I'm not worried about that soft tissue injury that he had, but I really believe in this guy. I I loved him when I saw him down at the Senior Bowl uh, in person, loved him at Notre Dame. I I love watching Notre Dame football, and I thought that this guy was such a phenomenal athlete. He had tight end body, but runs a a 4-4, you know, that's the kind of talent that you, you, you crave, and I was actually disappointed that we a draft to commit over Claypool. And I think this is the year that he's going to put it all together with Justin and Justin's already talked really positively about uh, the connection that they're developing. So I think that, you know, and then this running back they got Roshan Johnson, yeah. I think this guy's going to be starting by week three, four, and he ain't going to look back, man. Uh, Dante Foreman is going to be like, hey, man, will you guys let me go so I can get some snaps and stuff? <laughs> I, I, I really believe in that kid and uh, all-around player. He can play all three downs, but the team has depth at that position. So this team is set. If the offensive line can stand true, there's uh, somebody had a question earlier about how many – uh, how, uh, which are the seven offensive linemen they're going to suit up every week? And that's a good question because those two backup players have to be very, very versatile players. And um, I'm not so, mistaken, don't you can't you dress? You have to dress eight if you are pulling up guys from the practice squad or something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's the rule. I know uh, it is like what they've got this new rule that you can 
activate the third quarterback into a game, but he's got to be on that active roster that day. So he's going to take up a roster spot or some shit. I, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking well, digest it. Yeah, you can, uh, I think you can, because I know last year you could pull up two people from the practice squad, but yeah. one, of them, one of them has to be a defense, I mean, an offensive line. Right. So, so who right. would your extra two be? Because I, I, would, I don't even know who I would take if you're only allowed seven guys. I know. Dieter, man. Dieter could play three spots, both the guard and the center. Right. We'll probably pull him and then whoever the heck our best tackle is, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, I, I think, you you know, Lucas Patrick, they brought him in to be the center. We know he has played guard before. We know that he hasn't played it very well, but yeah. I think they're counting on him being that swing inside player. So if Cody Whitehair starts at center, you got Tevin at left guard, and and you've got at right guard Nate Davis, then Lucas Patrick would be the backup for those three guys. And so now you need a swing offensive tackle. Is that going to be Larry Borum? Is that going to be one of the younger guys uh, that, that has come in? I'm not sure, and I would not at all be surprised if it's somebody who is not currently on the roster, somebody who is picked up in free agency or, or a waiver pickup because the bears have that first pick and waivers for the first three weeks of the season. So with that in mind, do you believe that uh, Dieter Iceland, as well as Jatari Carter make the team? I don't, I got a feeling Jari Jatari Carter. I always have problems with that first name. I don't think he's going to make the team based on reports that I'm hearing. Now, I haven't seen it with my own eyes. (laughs) But uh, I know that at OTAs, he he was getting uh, embarrassed a little bit. And so to be honest with you, the best answer that I can give you is really I don't know because I haven't seen with my own two eyes. But from some of the things that I've read, um, he has not had a great start to OTAs. But am I not not mistaken in saying that hasn't he – been the one getting the starting reps at right guard at LTAs, yes, he has yes, been. Okay. So, okay. so he's been fl- he's been playing against you know the the, the best defensive lineman. Again, this is this is you know they're playing tiddlywinks, but right. he still it, it appears to me that he's still having trouble processing the playbook. It's you know what you learn in the classroom, you can learn it, but to transfer it, muscle memory, get, getting you know to to do it on instinct as opposed to thinking about it can take some players a long time and he might be in that situation uh, of those two players that you mentioned. I think Dieter Iceland right now is far and away better suited to be on the, on the bears 53 man roster than, than Carter Carter. Probably I wouldn't be at all surprised if he's got another year, if he spends another year on the practice squad. He didn't play. He was on the practice squad. Not one game, not one time last year. He was on the not at all. No, the whole the whole year he was on the fifty three man mark roster. Oh, look at the that! Year. Okay, well, yeah. apparently they must like him then. So uh, we'll see. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm he, hoping uh, to get over to Hallis Hall for training camp and, and see with my own two eyes. That's one of the big stories, no doubt. Offensive line depth because I think they got the starters down. They got the five, yeah. and, but who who's going to come in there when you know when one of these guys gets hurt and you know it's going to happen. Well, right. Mr. Mr. Gandia, I'm planning on coming home for uh, training camp. I'm planning on it, but I'm also planning on coming home for the Chris Watts uh, game. So um, we have to talk about that because um, I know you had kind of mentioned uh, maybe if helping him out with a place to stay for a little bit. So we need to kind of talk about that on the side. Mm-hmm. But um, I have a majority of it lined up. 
for him. We still need to raise more money for him because basically we had enough to finally cement the airfare, so it's now solidified. Nice. He actually bought the, he actually bought the tickets. Yeah, then, he reached uh, out to me and told me that he got the tickets. So yeah, awesome. Whatever, whatever week he's here, I'm off that whole week, man. See, so nice. he flies in. He flies in October 12th. He'll be here at 7:05 p.m. and he leaves October 23rd. So yeah, he he texted me those dates and uh, and my, yeah, my home is open to him. Uh, he can stay here as long as he he likes and stuff. So yeah, we'll talk off air about it. But that's going to be a huge huge week. He's going to be like yeah. a, so in demand. He'll be on BCP. He'll be on my show. Who knows what other shows? Probably be on NBC Sports Chicago. He'll <laughs> <laughs> find himself a, a hot little blonde. He can uh, oh. marry and not go back home. There you go. We're going to go out and hit the bars and pick up some bra. <laughs> I can't imagine how jet lagged he's going to be because he's coming. He'll, he'll arrive at 7.05 p.m. on a Thursday night. Ooh. So for the, for him, that'll be that'll be Chicago time. So that'll be six hours ahead for him. So 1 a.m. 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. 2 a.m. 2 a.m. 2 a.m. There you go. Yeah. Well, okay. you know, pussy solves all problems. <laughs> this was an awesome show, guys. Awesome show. I got three more questions for Aldo's if you guys. Crap. Yeah, yeah. If you, sorry. PJ, you and your questions. I, I got. I finally got a chance to talk to the guy, so you gotta let me ask my man some questions. <laughs> All right, I want you to ask them like the micro machine man. Two of them are football related. One of them is not. Okay. All right. The first one is: Do you see the Bears bringing in edge rushers? Uh edge rushers and if so who i really do believe they're gonna sign uh, yannick in, in dark way i really do believe because of the connection you know this is all about the waiting game who's gonna panic first who's gonna you know say let's let's give in to their demands because right now they're talking to probably all three of the best pass rushers that are out there, and I'm so I'm, I'm including uh, Leonard Floyd and, and probably Frank Clark. I think Frank Clark is more of a long shot, uh, but because his play last year was not consistent throughout the season, these two other guys, Floyd and and Dockway, they were consistent. They have obvious holes to their game, but the one thing that you can count on them to do is to line up and go get the pass rusher. And so I really do believe that one of those two guys is going to be signed by the Bears because these guys are talking. Poles, in in an interview with, uh, who the hell was he talking to? I forgot who he's talking to, but a a prominent uh, reporter. He said, yeah, we're, we're thinking playoffs this year. And so if he's going to go out and publicly say that, then he's got to get a playoff caliber defensive line. And that starts with a pass rusher. Now that you've solidified the center of the line, they're going to do their job. They're going to push the pocket. Quarterback's going to run out. There's got to be Travis Gibson there. Uh, Demarcus uh, uh, Robinson. Robinson and, and, and Crawford. yeah, Crawford, and then the new guy you pick up, you know, because there's going to be that rotation there. So I think it's going to be one big name on a nice one-year, $12, $13, 14000000 million contract. Bears can afford it and, and still have plenty of money to sign Justin Fields to that big-ass contract next season. Now, in the, in Doc way, he never played with uh, Eberflus. So he came, Correct. He, he came to Indy after uh, Eberflus left. Yeah, so, I made the mistake of saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you believe that it'll be in Dockway over Floyd? 
Yeah, somebody, uh, Raging Oracle says that uh, Floyd is not a defensive end, and that is correct. He has played that outside linebacker position in a 3-4. But in talking to a couple of people, including Greg Gabriel, Danny Shimon, we all are in agreement that he can be that hand-on-the-ground type of defensive end and that perhaps that might be even be his best position. Say, so, you know, yeah, you got to worry about the, the run game, uh, Leonard, but – Really, what we want you here for is to is to get the quarterback on passing downs. That's when we're going to get you out there. He's thirty years old. He's got he's still in great shape. He's got he's got the tools to play that four three defensive end position, or even have him stand up. But get him out there on downs where you know they're going to throw the ball and have him go get the quarterback. I think he can easily get you eight to ten sacks. Um, so I'm sorry uh, to to your, your question, PJ was. Uh, and Dockway over Floyd, yeah, I, I like in Dockway over Floyd because there is a consistency there already from that four-three position. He's got his hand on the dirt and he's averaging nine sacks a season. That's what I want on this team. But I'd be happy with Floyd. That'd be pretty cool. Okay, all right. Now my last question that's not football related. Where's the weather woman? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. You can pull her up, right? I, I think I can. Let me go take a leak while you do that, and then we can <laughs> go with that. That'd be perfect. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> as long as, you don't, as long as you're not getting any trouble, Shorty, your time frame there, young man. Shorty's got to be in bed in a little while, right? Yeah, he kind of had a deal where three hours from start to finish, and we're over. Oh, really? And so where are we at? Three hours? We are at three hours and eight eight minutes. Oh. Let me see. Can I share my screen? Let's see here. Yeah. That'll let me. All right. So this is Yannick Garcia, who is probably one of the more popular uh, weather girls in the world. Uh, and this is a uh, the can't you see it? No, I can't see it. Oh, for some reason, I can't see it, I can't put it on. Oh, you know what? It is, uh, um, Shorty's got to give me control. Oh, okay. so I, as soon as he comes back, he'll give me control, and then you can see her wearing different outfits and just showing off an incredibly. I, I would say her measurements have to be 36, 26 and 38 she got that booty power man i am telling you goodness <laughs> we we need uh we need some uh full-time weather girls over here at the bar room so any of you women listening out there and want to apply <laughs> just, just send me a picture of that booty <laughs> that's all i need <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> Open slot. We can fill it any time. Oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> Open slot. You, fill it you gotta watch what you say around PJ, although he'll rip it right in on the man. Every time. Every time. I will do that. So let, let me ask you guys a question about the Bears. So are you guys as optimistic as I am about, about what Ryan Pulse's plan is? Oh, yeah. Me? Absolutely, man. Good. I'm I don't have a win in as many games as you, but what the hell do I know? I love 14-3. Yeah. 14-3 is huge, man. 
What it's do you got think? a nice, nice ring to it. What do you think, PJ? Are you as optimistic with what Pose is doing? I'm optimistic. Um, I'm kind of apprehensive because of because you don't see it right right away like this glaring hole at defensive end, and it hasn't been addressed at all so far. It's mm-hmm. like making me apprehensive, but he has proven that he does do a good job of addressing our needs on his time. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, eh. and the other thing I'm, I guess, down on him about when it came to certain guys being re-signed, seemed like, well, he hasn't re-signed that one, re-signed one of our own guys yet. As of yet, he hasn't done it. Yes, and, and 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 I know that it's frustrating for us Bears fans, but that's why I respect the guy so much. I mean, this guy is is really doing a very careful job with the money, and it, it, you got to believe that he's got spreadsheets spread out all the way to the twenty twenty five season. How much money am I going to have available? When I got to be paying Justin Fields $35, $40 million a year, you know, and yeah. so he's calculating that. You know? year, for all he knows. If he's MVP this year, just if you're, if you're saying a 14 and three season, he could be an MVP. That could be 50 million plus. Right. Exactly. exactly. So, no, it, but it, it's, it's, and so he's got to be very careful where he allocates that money. And so I imagine that spreadsheet looks like, all right, for a defensive end, we're going to allocate this amount of money each of these years. And so maybe, you know, he's got allocated $15 million for a pass rusher right now, but it's going to be a one-year contract. And then he's going to bank on in 2024, he'll have a rookie pass rusher, maybe one of the top coming in the, in the draft. They got two first round picks and then they, he'll have that rookie salary in there and it'll help with the expenses. So I, I, I really, really appreciate how this guy is running that business. And then you add in Kevin Warren, who is a, a very accomplished businessman knows how to build stadiums has had, you know, has took taken the big 10 to, to make it's, it's competing now with the sec in terms of quality football, TV contracts. And stuff. That was his doing. So right. some incredible stuff. Hey, I got the weather girl ready to go. Uh, if you give me access, Mr. Shotter, I can share my screen. How do I do that? Do you see, do you see the weather girl? Oh yeah. Yeah. Player. There you go. All right, and I'll hit the play button, and that way she can show us some booty. <laughs> pull that, uh, whoever's running there, that chat there, pull it off there. Awesome. All right, so I'm going to, since you guys don't speak Spanish or read Spanish, I'm going to read this stuff for you to give you the actual weather report. Okay. Ah, nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares. Look at this. She is gorgeous. Just it's gonna uh, be 12 degrees tomorrow. <laughs> it's about 120 degrees in my shorts right now <laughs> and getting warmer. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man. Yeah. That is awesome. Oh, man. Uh, 36, they, they got something 34. going on over there with that. <laughs> and those aren't but, the temperatures either. Uh, <laughs> Fahrenheit, right? <laughs> Uh, I might have to go wake up my wife, man. (laughs) All right. Enough of that. I think that is an excellent way to end this show because, guys, we talked about this. Go too far over. We're going to lose Kitty. We're done. Kitty. Don't want to do that. How long have I been complaining to you? Damn it. Fucking J2K. In the countdown, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes left. 
PJ, wait, I got three more questions. Uh, can we make this go <laughs> over 45 minutes? Well, I'm just saying, you know. I, next time you say, I got like six things I want to ask you. Next time you say, I got three more questions, it's that. That's you are <laughs> out. Hey, man, I, I want to thank you guys for being great hosts, uh, making me feel so welcomed, and, and all your compliments, not only you guys, but people in the chat, make me feel really good. I really appreciate that, and I'm here for you guys, whatever you need. I'll, I'll, you know, just count on me. I'm a text away, a phone call away, whatever away. Uh, I'm here for you guys, okay? Aldo. Much appreciated. Thank you very much for all the kind words, and right back at you. We've... I think we've fluffed you up a lot too tonight. <laughs> Way too much, trust me. But I was deservedly so. I'm going to I'm go to my wake up my wife and say, I'm the fucking pa father. Come on, come on, give it to me, give it to me. <laughs> you, you made me, you made me a, a, a poster. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He'll be on the next time with a black eye too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow morning I'll be with a black eye with Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Greg will be going. What happened? What happened to you last night? <laughs> if you ever need me on your show, I'm I'm willing. I'm All willing right, PJ. I, I got. I'm gonna hold you to that. I'm gonna oh, hold absolutely. you to that. All right, man. You, you know too, Foster. You to hop over there. You know yeah. me, man. Have all three of you guys have the BCP guys uh, to to uh, uh, do Absolutely, I would love that. Dan and Aldo, fuck with the BCP boy. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, count on that. We'll make it happen real soon. Cool. Aldo, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a great show. PJ Foster, as always, and we want to end the show on a on a typical one, two, three bears. Let's do it. One, two, three bears. 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 (laughs) Oh, <laughs>